is the Chair Shot Podcast coming at you here on a Sunday evening, Labor Day weekend for our American pals. Three day weekend. Oh, very nice. I thought they stay up late and watch the wrestling. But even they could work tomorrow and still and still watch it. It's the magic of time zones. And speaking of time, it feels like in terms of uh, wrestling news stories, it's been about five years since of the Chair Shop Podcast. A lot has happened. Uh, a lot to get into. And to get into it, it's myself, Barry. It's Joe. Hey, good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, everyone. And Paul. Hello. Uh, we've got a, a, a Whopper show uh, uh, to talk about, lads, uh, to, the, to the extent I, I, I don't even really know where to start with. I mean, there's, there's so much gone on since we last spoke. And that was true. That was true a week ago. There was so much that had happened that we would have to chat about. And here we are seven days later and, and um, we have a, a bevy of things to discuss. So much so that I feel like we almost want to uh, ease ourselves in uh, um, uh, to, to, to the bounty of wrestling news. And I'm like, does anyone, anyone have any, any life guff they want to chat about before we get into six hours of wrestling? Or have we all, we all just been consumed just, by the wrestling uh, the last week? I, the, the morning of All In, I installed a cat flap in the front door oh was, yourself uh, yeah yeah. Oh, look at this guy um, you know um home improvement tim the yes. tall man taylor that was based on me so oh, okay yeah okay yeah. so are we talking about just a classic like a plastic panel that flips in and out or it's a little white plastic door with a clear plastic flap in the middle Lovely. Uh, but this is a this is a microchip one i was um, gonna ask so it's one of the fancy technological ones where yeah so uh, you- you yeah. can you, you program it. Basically, you hold the cat near it to scan, mm. basically to scan the chip as if it's like a supermarket checkout sort of thing, and it registers it, and then only that cat can go in and out. It does hold up to thirty-two different microchips. Uh, so if you've got a lot of cats, or, or you just you just want to let all of them, a lot of chips, <laughs> it's a fucking Terminator Two cat, or you want to let all the neighborhood cats in, or yeah, all the, all the little rats and things you, in the you area. Little, if you just want to say hello, come yeah. on in. That's great though. Fair play to I, I. That's the type of thing where if I was buying one and they were like, "Will you give us twenty quid to install it?" I'd be like, "Yeah." Yeah, yeah, I did just worry. I did worry about just leaving a big hole in the door, yeah. especially on the day of all in. Because like, if I don't finish it by the time we have to leave, I'm just gonna have to go out and leave a hole in the door. Sorry, yeah. sorry if the burglar just slips through it, but well, what can you do? So, uh, so cat, cat life is treating you well. Yeah, the cat's in and out every five minutes. Uh, she's loving the garden, so that's good. So at least we don't have to worry about keeping the windows shut and all that shit in this boiling hot weather. So that was good. That was a, a major achievement before put all in. We had a cat visitor to the house this week. I was um, standing at the door trying to fix our feckin' smart uh, phone, not phone, smart doorbell thingy. You know, mm. your little camera doohickey that, that, that whatever seems to have died. And we, we realized it was um, bad batteries. And then we swapped the batteries out. And then those have also died. So now I'm thinking, oh, no, it is fucked. But anyway, oh, yeah. I, was, I was standing at the door looking at it. Absolutely zero clue how to fix this thing. You've <laughs> never seen someone trying so hard to look like they had a clue what they were doing with some household thing. And little, little kitty cat came up and was like, oh, what you doing? Just like looking at me while I was in, I was like, I, I you know, I, I couldn't. I've seen this cat around. It seems yeah. kind of, it seems kind of scraggly and it's collarless. So I'm mm. assuming it's not an owned one, but I've seen it around. And so I told the girlfriend she was fascinated. So she went and got us some tuna. So I did some tuna and we gave it a little rub. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it since, but we we will we will keep an eye out for it. But yeah. not, it has Don't not yet been adopted into our house. There's no cat flaps just yet. 
mm. um, uh, in this house. What about you, Paul? Any cats this week? I've seen a few cats. Go on. But I didn't really interact with them much. Just okay. kind of, I went, pss, 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 and then they didn't react. They didn't look at me or go, what the fuck do you do much if they don't react to the then it wasn't meant to be. Do you know what I mean? No, that's no. I think that's a fair um fight. I think that's a fair uh assessment. Uh, anyway, I suppose with uh, with Cat Goff out of the way we should jump in to uh wrestling. <laughs> the uh, second most important news of the week. <laughs> I mean, will we just do CM Punk watch straight away here at the top just because I mean it it, it interweaves with so much other stuff we have to talk about. I mean, we Let's should probably just do it in one big Get it get go. it out of the way. So did you guys did you guys hear about the Perry thing during All In, which by the way, we will talk about the biggest wrestling show of all time shortly uh, on this podcast. That we, that, we, that we were all at in person and it was great show and everyone was buzzing after it we will talk about that shortly did you guys did you guys hear about it at show because i yes i had very bad internet i could kind of just get a bit of wi-fi like in the concourse but it was like spreading through the section Mm -hmm. after that match when the story broke um yeah so i mean if you if you have been living under a rock it did quickly it was quickly reported after the punk match at all in that there had been a scuffle with jack perry i mean you you probably at this stage were a week deep and it's been changing every day so you probably don't need me to to give you the the specifics of the timeline but Hmm. the various versions came out as they always do there was no disputing there was a fight it it pertained to perry making a reference on the pay-per-view to the previously discussed real glass issue at collision a few weeks ago there was a fight it seemed like it was a real fight it seemed like it was very much a, a you know a lot of times you hear in wrestling that there was an altercation it was like a shoving match or whatever it seemed like they had, it seemed like they had a physical in- interaction mm. quickly became apparent that this was in front of gorilla which in in wembley is, was quite a big open space with a shit ton of people looking tony khan was there there was reports of equipment and monitors being knocked over right in front of khan and so on and so forth uh and then in the last couple of days there was the talk of a heated confrontation between Punk and Khan directly, uh, and uh, we there was it was quickly confirmed that they were both suspended pending an investigation. And then uh, about an hour before collision yesterday, oh. uh, the news came out that Punk had been fired at the recommendation of this. Uh, investigation body disciplinary group whatever it was ultimately khan's you know call which he he did say yeah. uh, i mean god i mean he, that news was shocking enough but then it was like then he's going out in front of the crowd he's sitting on the chair those videos were insane and he did do a pre-tape message for the television audience i mean it's just it's just so much and i don't know about you but i'm kind of with the week that it's been, but also kind of just been with the with the general tenor of of this most recent punk run, this ten or eleven week, whatever it's been. So it, it, this run's only as old as Collision, which is actually a funny mm. thing. Thing, but it's been it's been like ten weeks. It hasn't even been that long. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are the same as me, but I'm kind of. I was shocked when the news broke, but then afterwards, it just kind of washed over me, and I was like, "That was coming." I, yeah. I I I want to be. Oh God! I can't believe it. See, a punk is gone, and I'm as as someone who loves watching him on TV. I am gutted he's gone. But I'm I'm very kind of. Yeah, yeah. This was. It's it's kind of miraculous. We made it to ten in 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 or eleven weeks or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's your guys' general feeling on it? Well, I agree. The whole collision thing was never going to last. In hindsight, was it? The whole the whole kind of soft brand split, putting him yeah. on his own show. The problem is, as we've doc- kind of documented, if he keeps falling out with more people, yeah, they're going to have to keep restricting the people that can appear on Collision to the point where 
this, he's the only person on collision. Yeah. <laughs> it's already two, the, two hour promo. <laughs> yeah, and he's already we've already talked about him not being able to feud with the elite, with MJF, with all these other people who don't want to work with him. Is which the is why makers. he ended up doing you know jerking the curtain at All In, wrestling Samoa Joe for the second time in six weeks. And yeah. it was a very good match. We'll get onto that, but you know he should be he should be in a top feud or in the world title feud, and he's not, and that's because of the problems. So yeah. inevitably, it probably wasn't ever going to last. Um, it is it's bizarre though. I just cannot quite get my head around how, why, and how all of this has happened. And to to your point, Jack Perry is someone who was, to my knowledge anyway, was not originally on the shit list because he no. was like because the 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 problem stemmed from him going to Collision to do something. Presumably, Punk was a okay with that, and it's only then mm. they had the disagreement at mm. the show. So it's like there's people who he was fine with ten weeks ago who he's no longer fine with now. Uh, what about you, Paul? What's your what's your your general vibe on on Punk Gate? Um. It's it's a little bit sad that it it, it all came to this. Um, yeah. That's the penny dropping on uh, <laughs> literally the situation. Um, I will say to to take the road less traveled. I mean, I, I don't think Jack Perry is totally uh, innocent of any blame for that situation. You know, CM Punk no. has proved since All Out last year that he's an extremely easily gotten to man. Yes. Mm. Um and so it it reminds me a lot of the hangman situation where hangman made a comment unapproved on you know certainly not by CM Punk but mm. I'm guessing not by anybody of his own volition more or less no made a comment of his own volition uh a shot at CM Punk which led to that whole situation and now it's like we ha- what have we learned from that nothing we have another guy making an unsolicited shot of Punk. You know how Punk's going to react to it because we've literally seen it happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, arms were bitten and punches <laughs> were thrown, you know? Um, and so, of course, he gets back and, and Punk, who who seems to have severe anger, anger issues, issues. Uh, allegedly. I don't, I don't want to say that he does, but he appears to, based on how he reacts to these things. <laughs> I mean, he wants to fight literally everyone he meets. Yeah, Um, it it seems like at the drop of a hat. Yeah, like, but but again, Perry had to know in doing that that he was going to get a reaction. You know, otherwise, what's what's the point of doing it? In a sense, well, I I gave Perry a little bit of credit during the week, and I, I I agree with Paul, but at the same time, I also kind of think. Like, Punk loves to do exactly what Perry did. He loves to do it to everyone else. And the second he got a hair of it back in his direction, he went ballistic. Because there was just a couple of weeks ago, there was the hangman thing after Collision went off air. Which, I mean, in this day and age, you know everyone's going to see that and record it. It's going to be the top of the town. So that's like, it's just... so. But, I mean, it does speak to the general kind of... The general situation in AEW, which is just kind of people just doing whatever they want and, 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 you know... No care given to the the, the overall w- what the what the blow up might end up being, but yeah, like I said, I was like, look, uh, he felt slighted, and he's a fucking he's a he's a wily youngster, you know, looking to to prove that he can hang in the in in, in the wrestling biz, and he felt like throwing a bit back in Punk's direction. Um, and I, I will say that amidst all the punk, because obviously the, the punk stuff is the headline stuff. 
haven't had an update on what the 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 status of Perry is. I'm actually, I mean, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone really wants to talk about that amidst all the CM Punk chaos. But I do wonder. It was uh, when the report came out that the Young Bucks wrecked Collision last night. It was specifically said that Perry was not. So I don't think it's a case of okay, we're firing you, CM Punk, because you're a troublemaker. I I don't think, and this is guessing, but I I don't get the impression that Perry is now welcome welcome back in. You did nothing no, wrong, so no. in the back you go. Um, you know, um, uh, yeah. The, the one of the issues with AEW is they've always they, they're not scripted, right? They don't have. Well, yeah. they, they maybe have some writers now, but typically they don't script all the promos. Yeah. Not everything's yeah. approved. They let guys go out and say what they want within reason. And obviously, when you do that, you kind of open yourself up to them doing yeah. inside little insider references. But it's it's kind of the rough with the smooth. You know, we want the unscripted kind of real stuff, but you are going to run the risk of that bleeding into real life issues yeah. but, I, but it's okay if you a have people that aren't maniacs that want to strangle the ceo off the mm. back of one comment and also if you can you know do have some kind of disciplinary to make sure that the things are sorted out i think that's where they've been lacking is one they haven't been disciplined enough and second of all they had someone who was <laughs> willing to fly off the handle at a drop of a penny and that's been the issue one problem as well is that Jack Perry's comment was a uh, edgelord Vince Russo style. This yeah. this is real. Yeah, it was very, you got your scissors. It was very, you got your scissors. Yeah. Uh, Which annoyed, annoyed me as well. I would have fought Jack Perry for that. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. I wonder, like... Were the people watching the broadcast? Because obviously we didn't hear that in the building. Were the people? I, I obviously imagine a bunch of people got the reference. There has to have been a load of people who were like, "What the fuck is that's real glass? What's that supposed to mean?" Presumably, were people watching? Well, yeah. What would you be using on a windshield? That's my point. Uh, it's yeah. like in the context of the match, what does that comment mean to say it directly into the camera? Um, um, as Joe alluded to there, by the way, the other thing there is that the, this confrontation with Tony Khan. In, in classic Dave Meltzer fashion on, on audio this morning, he, he, he basically said he basically said that when he described what Punk did as lunging towards Tony Khan, he said that I was probably being too, I can't remember his exact phrase. He basically said that he had, he, he, he used a politer term than what the source had said to him. Um, uh, but then he also didn't say what it actually was. He just said lunging was a generous way to describe it. Uh, uh, and there was a more unfavorable way of looking at it, but he didn't say what that is, which is classic. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing as well about, like I was saying about this, this being a very kind of tiring story because it's not over. We had the, there's been many allusions to the fact that other, more details will come out about this. These things always do on from, from both sides, I would imagine. The Sports Illustrated story talking about it earlier today said that they had heard there is a follow-up from Punk coming uh, that I think the quote was could be explosive, blah de, blah. There's lots of people, you know, um, dissecting Khan's comments on collision, saying we could be going in legal direction, which wouldn't which wouldn't surprise me. Um, we once again have had the de- the the debates and the questions about the this the statement AEW put out said he had a a, a wrestler and an employer employee 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 contract that was terminated. So that quest that question is now back on the the bubble. Like, what did he have a title beyond just a wrestler on the roster? Uh, so this is so like, this is probably only the beginning. It may it may turn out to be. Um, so we'll probably we'll be doing Punk Watch again next week. You can guarantee that. Um, 
Yeah. I, would, I would love if he just fucking disappeared and went back to Chicago and went Man. to the bear. Write, and had write nice, some more comics. Had a beef sandwich and uh, yeah, wrote some but comics. I, I, I think there's a good chance. First of all, obviously, by the time the show comes out, that could be wrong. And the details of a lawsuit could be out or whatever. Mm. But because like, I was reading the Sports Illustrated article and, and it was Justin Brasso and he was kind of speculating, much like people did in 2014. Like, oh, well, he could go here. He could go there. He, he doesn't have to sign with people. He could just do a tour of dates independent and just and i was like yeah he could do all that but let's not forget that the last time he left wrestling i realized that was him walking out this is him being fired but he he did just he did just leave and he did just wrote his comics did his ufc thing did his commentary mm. thing got his various acting roles so i like again there's 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 seems to be a lot of hinting at, at, at potential legal problems coming but wouldn't shock me in the slightest if he was like that's that's it. I the first the other company broke my spirit ten years ago. I gave this a chance. I'm also now frustrated and annoyed, and I uh, I'm fired. And and you know, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if he you know remember what he said when he left WWE. He was like, this shit is just not fun anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like, I don't think he's gonna write. Say, right, let's who signed me? Who signed me? Uh, uh, New Japan. You want to give me a call? I don't I, like after all of this shit he's been through. And I, you know, I, I don't think it's, you know, and I will say I've been on some of the things I've kind of like been a little bit sympathetic to him. I don't think he's 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 some kind of demon, you know, especially the initial uh, the initial last year stuff with the with getting the blame for the Cole Cabana stuff and all that. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's just really frustrated and he's just like, I want to bow out. But but I don't know that the queue to bring him in is going to be very long either, based on what a volatile freak he is <laughs> you know the wwe want that the merger is happening this month precisely with yeah like, i don't see wwe at all i i see obviously people are going to speculate on that i don't just i can see him coming in for a wrestlemania as a one-off but like not on the road not on ron yeah. smackdown um as for everyone else i mean i don't know it's wrestling i mean like if if punk was willing to do it like, do you really think like Impact would say, "Oh no, too much hassle for us, sir"? Oh, he's, they not, would, he's not going to. I mean, he's, he's not impact. obviously. I, I, that's that's obviously that's not. I'm just I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. In terms of every everyone else in the wrestling industry, I mean, other than the, the specific people he's had dealings with already, everyone else who hasn't hasn't. I would. I would say like even New Japan, even though that'd be very weird for the AEW relationship. I think everyone would kind of like what Paul was describing the hypothetical mania. I think everyone would try and maybe do one match. I don't think I don't think he wants to though. I don't, he could have done that in between 2014 and 21. He could have he could have done the yeah, one offs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he I don't think he wants it. But we're all we're all fucking Although, stabbing in the dark. Forbidden Door 2024. It'll be so funny if he became back through the Forbidden Door. If he became a full a full timer at New Japan and then it's like right, let's Forbidden Door. Here we go. Who do you want to wrestle? Tony Khan. um yeah so that's um that is the the as of this recording that is the cm punk situation who knows what it'll actually be in um in 24 hours 48 hours whatever um there was no there was no kind of timeline on the uh on that 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 sports illustrated comment about how punk will presumably have a a follow-up didn't say today tomorrow next week it just Seems like there'd be one coming. Now, what form that will take? Is he going to do an interview? He probably could do an interview. You know, I'm sure any outlet, wrestling or sports related on the face of the planet would give him an outlet. He's probably not going to do a podcast, I don't think. Um, 
Um, but yeah, we will we will see. I mean, that's it is it is it is a, a developing situation. Um, I don't know. If we can say much about the Tony Khan collision stuff that is wasn't kind of self evident by it. It was bizarre. Mm. Um, uh, we've been critical on this podcast of him not taking the bull by the horns on not just this a number of issues. Uh, you know, at least I think he, he went out and he took his booze and he he spoke to that mm-hmm. crowd directly. He could have because they did the pre-tape for television. He could have just played that in the building. He didn't have to go out there and 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 do that. Uh, not saying that 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 fixes all the problems. We're we're like a year late on him taking the bulls by the horns. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. you know, did something I guess. Um, yeah, will we will we uh, will we stick a pin in that until next Sunday? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's, 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 right. let's travel back to happier times. Uh, well, yeah, let's well, yeah, let's Seven talk about days ago around this time. Around this time, uh, it was it was indeed the uh, what I, I mean for shorthand they're just calling it the biggest wrestling show ever. I think the 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 official record, if you want to get particular, is the most paid tickets sold for a wrestling mm. show in history that is it um so 81035 was the number they announced on the show they did do the mania thing where they just had the announcer just get in the ring and say ladies and gentlemen this number you know they they did that and we all cheered uh it was my first time in wembley obviously uh, i thought it was a spectacular building in terms of the the views and the the atmosphere but also just like you know um, it had overpriced food and drink like every arena and stadium has, but like there was actual choice in there. I actually thought it was mm. really cool. And then I didn't, I didn't actually eat anything in there, but a couple of people in my section got hot dogs. I was like, Oh my God, they look amazing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. What did you lads make of the, the grandeur and the splendor of the building before we, before we get into the cards? Well, my first time there as well. Um, we showed up a little while before doors opened and uh, made the mistake of trying to walk around the stadium because people were already queuing to get in. And so yeah. you spent mm. 20 minutes weaving in and out of queues. Um, but yeah, lovely venue. Lovely. Uh, we walked up and down Wembley Way. Met Joe very briefly there. We shared a little uh, a little scissor for a second. Lovely. Um, uh, <laughs> and then we made our way in. And uh, yeah, the view was great. The uh, the number of people there was was crazy, because um, you guys have both done WrestleMania as well. This was kind of my first experience of that kind. Mm. It um, was extremely similar, like the 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 yeah. vibe in the building. That is that is what WrestleMania feels like. It is, yeah. it, which is a comp- it was a compliment. Obviously, it felt like one of the biggest shows of the year. Yeah, the only thing I would say from that against the other wrestling experiences I've had, the biggest would be like. Dublin's three arena down to like the Tivoli mm. is um, a lot of the sound from the ring you don't get. Yeah, mm. um, they they obviously have the the mat mic'd up and stuff like that, but a lot of the sounds that you associate which with what watching wrestling obviously there's no commentary, but even the sound of the match itself you don't get a lot of. Other than that, it was a great experience, and the show mm. was excellent, which we we'll get to as well. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I love that walk from, if you've never been to Wembley, there's a very, very long kind of boulevard. It's just typically known as Wembley Way. I think it's actually called Olympic Way. But anyway, it Mm. runs from the tube station all the way up to Wembley. And it's a good 15 minute walk, 15, 20 minute walk. But it's just, it kind of just 
you, the stadiums are kind of ahead of you. It's like the Wizard of Oz, you know, you just see this yeah, giant yeah. stadium and it's such a, I think it really helps build the anticipation. The only problem is as soon as people come out the tube station, they all stop and start taking uh, photos of it. But, you know, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it really, it really just helps the excitement and everyone's mingling and you've got all the food and the merchandise kind of on the way there. The merch queues were insane. The queues for the merch were bananas. They were absolutely bananas. And I was just kind of like, not even doing the joke about AEW's merch situation, but I, I saw queues going around the corner and like down, like down a second street. Mm. And, and I was like, how would you have the confidence that they're still going to have your shirt in your size and your preference? Yeah. Like, like even for like not and i know people make fun of aws but even just for anyone it's like uh, queuing that long for a mm. little a little kiosk with a couple of shirts that is like this, i i would be like i'd be petrified i'd spend 90 minutes queuing and then i get there and they go no those are gone obviously uh, no, <laughs> um yeah, yeah but they they did they did to their credit they did have i mean a million little huts selling mm. uh merch along wimby way which was a spectacular visual by the way yeah when you get off the the, the tube and it's just kind of like you just saw a sea of people walking up to the bay it was incredible it really was yeah there was a pair of guys dressed as the acclaimed outside Wembley nice uh who had bought a ton of merch belts and nice. uh the foam foam scissor fingers and stuff I, I I'm guessing they were youtubers or something mm. I didn't recognize them they, they look like I, I, I don't know but might... people just do that people just do that no, wrestling, but, don't but, they? But, but, but. they were they were standing there just just at the very top of Wembley way basically Joe where we met just, just I think we pointed out just right next to us but they were taking pictures uh, and then they they huddle together and look and look at the picture, and then they take another and and one of them would hold the belt up and they take a picture and then they'd look at it and, but then people started recognizing them I guess oh and, okay. and would go up to them and they take a picture but not like together they would take a picture of them, with the belts and then they would take the person's oh. camera and take a picture of that person they didn't take any pictures together it was so weird and oh, they were there for about then. half an hour, just doing pictures with. Both dressed in the pink acclaimed gear. Yeah. Mm. Very, very weird. Uh, um, I, I remember, like, I, I didn't know enough about who they were to say, but for full gear, like, Brona was pointing out people getting autographs and, and pictures taken. She's like, who's that? I was like, I think that's one of the busted open guys. He's wearing a busted open shirt. So I, I, saw, like, I saw one person I recognized at the show from that walk of life. Great, okay. mem- great memories from a decade ago of a specific bunch of UK-based uh, bl- vloggers who used to... Oh, uh, really? Okay. Collect toys, and we're talked about on the Wrestling Observer board, old uh, Robbie Rebel. Oh, he's still, still following, still following he's still the biz? On the go. He's still wearing his waistcoat. He was still Hell there. yeah. King. Yeah. Um, King. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I saw a couple of people I, I reckon. I mean, the funny thing is there were, there were like Americans who traveled as well. I mean, there mm. were, I, you know, there was, there was media people there. So, I mean, like, and, and, and I was kind of, the part of the frustration with the build for this card as well was I was kind of like, they should be pushing it as this thing that the same way we travel to Mania, they should be hoping that next year Americans travel to to this, which I think yeah. they will based on this show. Mm. But um, but yeah, uh, so that was that was Wembley. Uh, yeah, the like for one of the biggest and and most well put together buildings in the in the world, I I did find it like trying to figure out where the queue for your section started was oh, a little God, bit odd because yeah. they were snaking around, and so I remember I I like. Because I, I, you're, you're like passing through other queues because this isn't my queue. Sorry, I'm just going to the other mm. side. And then, it, and then we realized, oh no, we just we cut through our queue and now we're on the other side of it. And it was just 
once you found your queue, they were the security were getting people in fairly quick, but trying to figure out where you were. It was you were crazy. Going. Well, how it long was, did yeah. you guys queue for? Because we we were well over an hour in the queue. I could oh, not really? Know. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. No, no, we were. I mean, like the funny thing about it is, it's because like I think once once we found the queue, I think we were mm. only about twenty five minutes, twenty okay. twenty five minutes. Yeah, but the, 15, 20 minutes. But the 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 time from we arrived at the tube stop at Wembley in just around the time doors would have opened. But mm. the time from getting off the train to getting in the building was about an hour, just with all the walking yeah. and the figuring out where you're going. And we were at the I can't remember what color coded entrance we were using, but ours was around the back. So right. we walked up the big boulevard, saw the big picture. There's Wembley. There's the arch. It's like, right, around the back you go. Another 10 minutes of walking, circling mm-hmm. the, the massive radius of the building. Um, but yeah, so, but no, the actual queuing process was was quick enough, but trying to find it was. Um, uh, so it was that was the kind of bad experience. It was a very long queue. And as, as Barry mentions, it kind of snaked around all over the place. So I had no idea. I thought we were like a few yards away. And then suddenly the queue turns around and heads back the other way and then back the other way about three or four times. So, which is unusual because when I've been there for football, you're kind of in in 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Or usually really quick. So that was the only kind of downside. But once we got in, it was fine. Um, got a little bit. Michelle went off to the merchandise stand. I went and got some drinks. They were very, very slow with the drinks, I would say, as well. Hmm. Mm. Very, very uh, slow. Yeah. The usual, this fucking standard venue thing where they have to pour it into a fucking plastic cup and it's just like, oh, mm. God. Like, because obviously they're not going to give you a bottle with a cap or anything like that. It's like, oh. It seemed like you would order, I was uh, obviously not having pints, but you would order a drink and they would have to walk and tiptoe around 10 other people. Yeah, right. And get the thing and oh, tiptoe back and spin mm. around past somebody. And uh, uh, God, it took forever. Just, just, that's just venue stuff isn't it mm. I mean, it's the same it's the same in like the three where they've got those tiny little bars and all the people are wedged in um on the subject of the actual show then i mean in in you know great aw fashion we were chatting to people in the concourse saying hey let's go get a drink i'm just gonna run to the bathroom music started playing people were just coming out to do angles mm. on the pre-show they had been hammering the messaging so much five o'clock five o'clock five o'clock mm. five o'clock be in your seat for five o'clock the ring of honor title match i don't uh, maybe i'm missing i don't think i ever heard them once say the pre-show starts at four by the way and yeah, no, they're doing. i don't think they ever said that so they had miro and hobbs come out and do a pull apart i completely missed that i missed uh, that as well uh, they they did um entrances and shit like that now mostly it, it, the, the matches weren't until the five o'clock hour that that's fair enough but mm-hmm. it's just like i was in there and i was like oh i could i just like in the concourse i just looked out and it's like oh there's the it looks incredible next thing you know i hear music I'm like wait what are they doing extra matches i was like what the fuck anyway <laughs> It was um, mainly Kip Sabian and Big Show in the match of the day studio. Going, yeah, uh, they did a lot of. They did a lot of. Gary, 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 Gary. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like Kip Sabian, Big Show, and Roy Keane yeah. just uh, shooting the breeze. But um, they did actually do the the. Um, uh, uh, they did wait until five o'clock to do the actual matches. So they did do their mm. uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship match with Aussie Open. Uh, one thing we did predict and one thing we didn't, uh, we did we more or less assumed it would be a pretty basic match. They would not go out there and potentially destroy their main event by trying yeah. to have a, a match of the year caliber tag. Uh, but one thing I didn't predict and I, I just I so I, like I didn't see it coming. There was no angle, obviously, but they also just won, which I was stunned at. I was honestly stunned at. Uh, better than you, Bebe, new um, uh, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. This 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 predominantly felt like a, a, a clever business thing to say, hey, 
be in your seat by five, which most people were. Uh, what did you make of the match? Oh, I mean, it was, it was a good little opener, I thought. Yeah. Uh, you got the big stars out there. People were excited. I mean, we, we had had probably the biggest star of the night out already uh, in Jeff Jarrett. But um, MJF Adam Cole with that with that banger remix theme song. Oh, yes. We got to hear that. Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Adam Cole. Boom. <laughs> we got to hear that. Wow. You know. Very exciting. Wow, 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 wow. Um, the match itself was fine. I mean, it wasn't anything to rewatch or kind of stick in the mind, but it was fun. No. It was fun. Uh, I'm not going to cry any tears for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships like I'm following that show because I'm not, but I did feel bad for Aussie Open. Like, they're just back. Uh, yeah. Big win on the last pay-per-view, you know, but again, it's like six Ring of Honor titles. I'm they not should, They shouldn't be ring reading that. They should be in the AW title mix anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. Hopefully this is a moving, moving up situation mm. um, uh, because they are they are excellent. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, AEW tag team title mix um, certainly. Um, uh, let me see here. Then we will move on to the the uh, the controversy stirring match. <laughs> Hook defeated Jack Perry in an FTW rules match. This was, uh, I mean, it was a pretty basic kind of um, uh, hardcore match. Mm. Uh, they did do spots on the real Glasgow Crimea mm. River, uh, which is cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I I did like the uh, I do always like a spot th- through a, a windshield. Uh, that's why I like those two parking lot matches that AEW has done. It was good. It was another. It was another solid match. I think these two have had good matches, and I think they've been a good kind of. Um, they've been a good positive result for Hook in terms of like having like real matches. Um, what do you guys make of for sure? Well, I'll just say generally, I thought that pretty much everything on the show over delivered to an extent. Yeah, um, that might have been just the excitement of being there in person. In fact, I'm sure it is, but. Um, I pretty much enjoyed almost every match mm. to to varying degrees. Um, this one, yeah, we got the little uh, cool hook entrance again. Mm. Uh, the fighting up by up by the stage, which obviously they they would then do later on in the stadium stampede as well. Which that would be kind of my one criticism of the show was that there was too many hardcore matches and yeah similarities between these kind of fights. Because then we had uh, Sue's. SUV drove in and then we had similar spots then again. Oh yeah, we had two vehicles actually. I for, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean the Hulk coming out in the car for his or excuse me, Jack Perry coming out in the car for his entrance felt very WrestleMania again to me. Mm. Uh something that I'm not used to seeing. But uh the match itself, yeah, it was it was a, like a classic it kind of fit FTW because it was a classic nineties brawl on the ramp. Yeah. Mm. You know, of your attitude era. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of agree with you as well. I, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot to chew on for most of these matches. It was a, a pretty consistent card where everyone was working, working their rear ends off. Um, uh, yeah, so we did. Then after the dust settled backstage, we did get Samoa Joe versus CM Punk, and um, I mean, if if he if he's going out on this one, I think he can be proud because this was I thought this was a tremendous match, and I think it was my favorite match of the whole show. Um, I think, and it was just so fitting of this micro run of Monkey. He was really playing up to the crowd, and and he mm. did his Cena Hogan stuff. And Joe was so charismatic, throwing him around and giving him the finger, and just acting like he's this little shithead that's just pestering <laughs> him. Uh, I loved this match. I really loved it. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was very good. Uh, 
they got a split audience. I don't know about your sections, but there were a few punk fans, but also oh, a yeah. lot of booze as well. A lot yeah, of, of uh, lot of punk haters. Um, but I, yeah, I thought a very good match. Um, they really knew how to work a big, big crowd. I feel mm. maybe better than anyone else on the show. They they knew how to do, you know, just to, to, and punk doing the very kind of exaggerated sort of movements and the facial expression, like really kind of overselling it to, to hit those in the back row. Um, I thought they were, they were very, very good. And I, um, yeah, it was a good match. Punk winning the Pepsi plunge was a bit, uh, a bit daring, but they pulled it off just about <laughs> uh, good, good, good opener. Yeah. There's some classic Joe spots in there, like the swing into the table where he went through the bottom of the table mm. as well. And the Ole Ole Ole, which was yeah. invented in London at an FWA show. So <laughs> nice callback. It, it was a it was a real we're play we're playing we're playing to the nerds who know this trilogy and 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 it was perfectly followable if you didn't know any of that stuff, but they did all the headlock stuff and Joe Joe did his uh, punk feigned a dive and Joe did the whole nope thing and then punk got him the second. It was great. Mm. It was they, they mm. it was real kind of playing off all the hits. Not doing the hits, but actually building upon them, which I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, up next, we got our six-man tag, the Golden Elite versus Bullet Club Gold. Uh, again, you know, grumbling about the lack of Omega singles match notwithstanding, I thought this was very fun. Although I will say, re- reaction-wise, him and Hangman were fucking among the top stars on the show. And I was kind of like, mm. I mean, is that, that kind of proves it. I mean, people were happy to see them anyway, but... Uh, yeah, not much to say about it. It was it was a good match. It was good, but it, it kind of bore out what we were saying. This was like a six man, yeah, house show TV main event sort of match. It was probably my least favorite match on the show because although technically it wasn't the worst, there's just nothing really to it. I just yeah. didn't feel any kind of life or sort of emotion in it. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's a lot of lore. You know, with the, the <laughs> yeah, golden yeah. lovers and lots of callbacks to spots in DDT Pro that I don't know about, but I didn't. Enjoy, I didn't particularly enjoy it. Uh, Takeshita came out to complete silence. Yeah, um, I was shocked. It just suddenly went very funereal. Like when he, when the, that music hit, compared to when him and Don came out of you know what a couple of months ago, a months ago, deafened with booze. No one cared about Takeshita at this point. Which yeah, is I mean, they need to. They need to restart that engine big time. Um, mm. I think Callus being sidelined with Jericho stuff has been uh, a, a weird thing that hasn't helped to catch. Mm. Yeah, I think that I think that's unfortunate. Yeah, match was alright. Ibushi uh, f- fucked up the moonsault off the second rope. Which Did he? I missed that. It was when they do the kind of dual. Like oh the, yeah, off the yeah yeah the yeah stereo moonsault yeah. kind of, and he was he was all right in front of me. And he just sort of slipped off, and like clung onto the top rope and pulled himself back up. Not that I'm you know judging his athleticism or anything, but like I I don't know. <laughs> For yeah, matches. yeah, not yeah. Uh, it's kind of one of those things where I do kind of forget. Is kind of like cause I, yeah, blood and guts. I was super disappointed. Mm. Uh, I'm like, ah, oh, well, I mean, I guess he's been he's been doing that style of match for. 20 or whatever years it is at this stage and it's like oh well maybe it's maybe it's just that time sadly um mm. you know i was kind of hoping that this might be like a blow away thing to kind of say okay blood and guts was just a bad night but like you know yeah. didn't yeah. didn't really get it we'll see we'll see if he has any more uh matches in aw i mean i think it's i think it's interesting that the two he has had have been multi-persons as well mm. um so mm. we'll see we'll i see. quite enjoyed the match in the moment yeah um, yeah 
Because I, I, I remember at the time really having enjoyed the first three, four matches and thinking they were all better than I was kind of expecting that they were going to be. Looking back on the match, yeah, I can admit that there's probably not much about it that I really remember that really resonated with me. Um, but I remember that at the time I, I was into it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, this was I mean, this was the, probably the 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 disappointment of the night for me. But again, by no means a a, a bad match. FTR versus the Young Bucks. Um, was this the first of ten million Queen uh, 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 <laughs> bits uh, this evening? The 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 Young yeah. Bucks thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we got a lot of that. It showed to me how much Americans associate Wembley with. Freddie Mercury and yes. Live Aid, yeah. rather than sport. <laughs> that's that's what they know Wembley for, not not yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. So um, it in contrast to Kenny and Hangman, who felt like big sides, it it didn't feel like the Young Bucks were these AEW defining, larger than life, red hot. Um, uh, mm. they, people were into the match. It was good. It's, I'm not saying it was silence, but it didn't feel like you felt it in the air when Kenny came out. When Kenny's music hit, people were like, "Oh shit, mm. it's fucking Kenny Omega." You know mm. what I mean? And and with the Young Bucks, it was just kind of like they got like a, a, a like a, a good mid carders reaction. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's not like they they didn't come out to Jabros, but it was like, "Oh, yeah, Young Bucks, woo, okay, let's go." Yeah, it was. Oh my god, Kenny Omega. You know, um, yeah. I, I I don't know if it's just kind of like, are they out of things to do? I mean, this 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 match also came together in two weeks and was like, do you want to have a match? Yeah, you do. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. match. I mean, yeah. so how, what are people supposed to latch on to? I guess, but um, good match. Uh, I I don't know. I don't, I can't I can't really remember the previous two well enough to rank them. Um, but I but, think this, is, this wasn't as good. I don't think as those matches. Yeah, and it I, feels weird to say that when the first one, the first one was a fucking empty mm, pandemic era match, but I still remember, I remember really liking that, even though I think yeah. people were a little disappointed. It didn't hit the highs of what they expected. I remember really enjoying it. This one enjoyed in the moment, but couldn't, couldn't tell you much about it, it now. It didn't, it didn't get to that high, high level that the AEW tag matches have. Yeah. Me, it's, this wasn't like five star match of the year. It was four, four star, very, very good, but not yeah. like wow mind-blowing kind of match. yeah i mean i'd agree with that i th- I think it did eventually reach those heights i think it was it was a slow burner and maybe it took a little too long to get to mm. the fifth gear but i think the final few minutes once it got there were, were pretty enthralling and I, by the end it, i was kind of brought around on it which mm. you could say in itself was it, it was kind of a criticism of the match right you know well kind of like uh the Starfield reviews that have been coming in. Tell you what, I was watching this match and 12 hours in, it was really good. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, by the end, by the end, I, I, I was thoroughly enjoying it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'll give it another thumbs up. Uh, we then had Stadium Stampede match. And much like our conversation last week, we're like, what's the, what's the difference between this and Anarchy in the Arena? This match proved there's as little difference between it as, as you can imagine. I mean, it, this one this one was, if you if you had previously held that they, those matches are completely different, this one was really just, it was an Anarchy in the Arena that was in a stadium. 
Yeah, uh, this was so, the least stadium stampede of the stadium stampedes. Right, so this is just anarchy in the arena. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? For a match, you kind of predominantly had to watch on the video screens, which is never great on a live experience. Thing. I still thought it was a blast, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and and I thought it delivered you know it delivered a lot of that kind of core AEW stuff do you know what i mean you got to see moxley coming through the biggest crowd ever like he was like directly below our section so he looked like a little ant but nonetheless i got to watch security clearing the path oh, and the people running over to them yeah it was, it was crazy. so cool it was so oh, so cool yeah. and they looked and real cool as well sunglasses on sunglasses. well that was he must have just been like this is the biggest show ever i have to do onita as close as i can yeah you know yeah. um and also, the, this was a real kind of like the 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 a lot of the misfit toys of AEW got to have their moment because you know mm-hmm. there's people like the, the people who hate AEW they always have the disappointed father talk about John Moxley They're like oh my goodness skewers oh my god he should be in he should be Gene Ambrose and he should be winning the world title in in the main event no, well, and he was like is, I'm, I'm, is, sticking them, <laughs> I'm sticking them skewers in my head on the biggest show of all time. And, no, the and, argument and is always, look what Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are doing. Mm. Just at the peak of the game. While and he's lowering himself like yeah. a dirty little animal on GCW shows, even though he <laughs> loves that and it's his favorite thing. So yeah. I loved him just doing all his mad shit. And I, I, it was it was quite a wholesome thing to see Cassidy getting his moment. He got his big win on the show. Another guy who a lot of people didn't want to give a chance to. And also mm-hmm. Trent, and especially Chuck Taylor, a guy who <laughs> never in a bajillion years, like right up until the day AEW was created, if you'd asked him, do you think you'll ever have a stadium wrestling one? He probably would have mm. said no. Getting to have, have a great match and win and walk out and just stand in the ring with your hands raised. I thought it was a real... They did a bunch of mad shit. We got to see our, we got to see all our Eddie Kingston mad shit. We got to see him brawling at the bell, and it was just, it had all the good AEW stuff in it. I, 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 I really it enjoyed good. it. I was disappointed. Oh my god, me and my friends talk about working ourselves into a shoot when Sue's van came out. I was like, someone has to come out of the back of that, and we were like, it has to be Shabata. Shabata's going to jump out of the back of the car, and then when the lights went out, I was like, oh, oh, see, someone's coming, someone's coming. Penta Oscuro is not so I I don't think is some legendary fondly remembered <laughs> character. I mean, it, like like when when Pentagon came out and 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 he was in his red outfit and and like Pono was like, what's that? I was like, it's a, but even in a like he did Pentagon Dark for ages in in Lucha Underground. Penta Oscuro that was like how long was that in AEW? That was like a not even a handful of matches. It was a couple of matches, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then, he, and then he dressed in the red gear on Dynamite, and he was just Pentagon. Was he just Pentagon again on, on Pentel Zero Mirror? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a bit wacky. But he did a he did a big move off a of ladder, so I was happy enough for that. I, I missed him like getting injured or whatever. So, oh, when yeah. he came, when he came out, I was like, I was like, oh my god, who's this going to be? And they were like, Penta. I was like, oh, oh, like, where'd he go? <laughs> he was already in the match. <laughs> yeah, is he getting another entrance? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I, was- I, I love this. I love this match. Yeah. I, I love the best friends. They're, they're my boys. Um, I'm so glad to get to chant for Sue. Uh, oh, yeah. We were chanting, we want Sue, we want Sue. And then she did come out. So that was a great pay. I was very happy with that. Um, I'd had a beer at this point. So <laughs> it, was, it was at this juncture that I decided to kind of leave my seat and wander actually up oh, to the, no. uh, the barrier, the barricade. Uh, for the match, and so were of, you actually Pento Oscuro? That was you. That was that was me. That was me <laughs> in the red. No, so I was I was 
like get I was really hoping to get like because we get like a high a thumbs up from Orange Cassidy or five five Orange Cassidy because I was wearing the bright orange Orange Cassidy t shirt. Oh, like, I love that shirt. Yeah. I was giving it the thumbs up, but then yeah, I think I didn't go. But I was it was I really really enjoyed the match. Uh, yeah, yeah. God, I say Orange Cassidy did the tapai, the tapai fist. I forgot about that. That was fucking great. Oh my god. I would say the one thing the match lacked was a killer image like Eddie coming down with the gas can. Yeah. Just a real memorable. Oh, no, I think you're wrong. I'm actually going to fight you on that. I'll oh, tell you why. On. It was, the, it was the, the Kingston mocks in the barbed wire at the end of the match, giving each other the finger. Oh, yeah, that, that was, was amazing. Because I remember, like, everyone was, like, standing in a play, great match, that was a great match, and this big screen cuts, and they were just doing that <laughs> to each other, and everyone laughed. It was so great. Oh, oh Kingston. Brilliant. Oh, now brilliant. there's a man. There's a fucking guy you can build a fucking second show around. Oh, good Lord. Um, yeah, that was that was great crack altogether. Uh, we got the uh, uh, women's title match: Sheeta Soraya, Britt Baker, and Tony Storm. Uh, another one I thought kind of overachieved. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we uh, you know, um, uh, one of my favorite spots of them of the whole night. Was, I can't remember what she calls it. Soraya has Tony in her wacky Texas cloverleaf submission thing mm. and like out of the corner of your eye Britt Baker comes out and curb stomps Tony and Tony takes this unbelievable just whacks her bon- bonked, bonks her heads what am Bonker I trying to say bonks, bonks her bonds off the off the off the mat it was great uh, only nine minutes there wasn't exactly a whole a whole load they could do but I thought they had a good no. all action um, uh, uh, match the result I mean oh, <laughs> I mean Part of me was kind of like, oh, well, I guess they wanted to have an English person win. It's like, well, Will Ospreay's winning the semi-main event. You know, I, I don't know. I think it makes perfect sense. I, I'm not. There is a bit of a trend I, I see online of people going like, oh, sorry, it's not very good. You shouldn't have the belt. It's fake. It's wrestling. <laughs> you put the belt on someone for the moment because it's a cool moment and it's emotional. And she's been out for years. And yeah, it's yeah. You know, family's there and everything. She'll lose it. Like in three weeks or whatever, it doesn't matter. Does she have a it's match like, tonight? She doesn't, does she? She's not. I don't think. She, uh, don't, don't six, no, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. No, yeah. no, no match. Okay, yeah, it does really matter. I thought it was a great moment. I really enjoyed it. It's not like she's you know the British Bulldog or anything, but the crowd did pop and having the family there and everything. I thought it was a really nice moment that will. And even yeah, British Bulldog was fooked on the night, you know. So <laughs> she, 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 she had it more together than he did, to be honest. Yeah. So what she, uh, she came out to "We Will Rock You," wasn't it? We will rock you, yeah. yeah. So um, pretty, pretty cool. On top, on top of everything else, uh, um, TK was was dropping the cash on the licensed songs on on this uh, on this night. Let me tell you, Very yeah, Soraya won good match. Felt felt a bit bad for Sheeta, but I mean, she got the win on she got the win on Dynamite, and she got to she was at least on this show. I didn't think you know. she'd be on this card, to be honest. Yeah. So, so um, to get that moment is cool so at least she got it um so that was that um next we had speaking of licensed songs we had darby and sting defeating christian and swerve <sighs> and this is where we got seek and destroy now that is uh metallica our group that that was not cheap i would almost certainly uh assume that that cost a pretty penny for sting and darby yeah, yeah, yeah. um it. This was and, this was my highlight of the, the whole show potentially. Just the oh, Sting's great. entrance, the, the video before. No, 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 Darby! It's more than time. <laughs> it's show time. Just such but, a funny time in history to bring back Joker Sting. Like what timing <laughs> to do that? I love it. <laughs> it's such a mishmash. Joker Sting plus his old 
WCW's theme, plus the kind of lights. This was, you know, it was dark enough to do the uh, the, the flash on the phone yeah. firefly thing at that point. That looked great. I, uh, I, was, I thought it was amazing. Oh, yeah, they, they had the sense to put Sting and House of Black on super late oh, of course, uh, yeah. to do their entrances right, which was a nice touch. Um, and Chris, match- Christian's entrance had the Big Ben clock. Big Ben clock, the yeah. Countdown, which is <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, this match was a blast, too. I thought it delivered exactly what you wanted. I mean, you've got just four great lads who are just quality TV right now. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean... The I I just love the big sting match. They they haven't gone to the well too often. He's held up his end of the bargain every single time. He he does a splash on Christian. The table doesn't give, and we're all going. He's he's got to break. He's got to go again. He's got to go again. He's he's been around the block enough times that he knows I have to break this fucking table. I have to. And he goes up and he dumps bomb first right through the table. Oh, it was the greatest. Oh, he's the best. Oh, what a pro. Um, and everywhere uh, at the spot as well where he stops the coffin with the bat I was like this guy this guy is oh, never losing it he's never losing it tremendous um, yeah and, and I mean, you had Darby taking every wild bump under the sun coffin drop on the coffin oh oh I mean it's the biggest show of all time so if you're going to take an absolutely insane bump why not um, it was great it mm. was great mm. Very, very um, good. Yeah, and great very to see, much. you know, again, you know, uh, a, a made guy in Derby and two legends of Sting and, and Christian. Good to see Swerve in that in mm. that mix. I think we've said it already. I mean, I think the second half of this year has to be, it's it's Swerve time, baby. It's Swerve time. Let's let's get Swerve. Oh, let's let's um, get that, yeah. Let's, let's get that pushing. moving. Um, we then did get the Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho match. This was, well, this was not even 15 minutes. That's right. It didn't feel very long. I'm not saying mm. that because I, I thought it felt long, but I, I, I in my head, I, before the show, I pictured, you know, they're going to do 25 minute, 25 half hour, whatever. Jericho blowing out of his ass. Yeah. Which, which he didn't falling st- down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they did the sensible thing, which was, this was not Jericho trying to, which I think we talked about last week. This was not Jericho trying to, I, I can keep up with Will Ospreay. I can, yeah. I, I could be in the best of the super juniors next year. <laughs> Um, they had a really good match that I think was a good hybrid of of both their styles and uh, Osprey was one of the most over people on the show you can't you can't uh, take that from him and I was, I was kind of thinking as, as he came out to that like a huge reaction I was like there's probably a very healthy percentage of people in this building who at some stage or another have seen him in some fucking school gym or recreational center or whatever the fuck because he's been you know I mean he still works the indies today and he's been doing that since he was a teenager. So, um, yeah, another one I don't have too much to say, but I thought it was thought it was really good. Jericho, as we said, for for his ups and downs, he broadly speaking, he has delivered on pay per view, and I, I thought he did here as well. Yeah, I thought it was good match. Yeah, I thought he even his little sing song at the start. Oh, that was quite good. Over yeah. over delivered. I've seen I've seen him perform that song live, and. Mm. Ooh, he is shite. Oh, this was the other Freddie Mercury uh, reference. Yes. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah, I, I thought that was very good, actually. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And it got the crowd kind of lower up. And, uh, Two of the better good. wrestling entrance songs, I would say. Mm. Elevated and Judas. Judas, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, this, was, really, this was... No, go ahead. I was going to say, this was the match to me that felt almost like the closest to 
uh, Brett and and Bulldog in terms of the 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 look of the people in the match, the importance of the match, the quality of the match. Mm. I mean, this this was to me was not the main event, but it was the, the one that came the closest to that kind of purity of the moment and kind of closest to that Wembley main event. Mm. Yeah, no, it felt it felt special. It did. Um, yeah. uh, oh, they 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 clunked heads when when Jericho tried for an Oz cutter though. Oh, that was terrifying. Yeah, that was the one yeah. the one thing on the show. Like, Wah! but he did like, he did get him up for the uh, the Stormbreaker. Which yeah, I, twice wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um, we then got the uh, acclaimed versus um, House of Black. Oh, I mean, this oh, wasn't oh. much of anything. Yeah. Uh, this, this was this was I think to me the one match. Of the entire night, yeah, it was just yeah, yeah, it, it, it pretty much just yeah. existed to they're they're just like we just have to finish the story. Billy Gunn wins. That's that's we just have to do that, and there's and and we have to get the acclaimed out there to do their rap and the House of Black. And the rap to do was their, very funny. To be the rap was very funny. House of Black got to do their spooky entrance in the dark. Yeah. Um, they left the lantern down for Bray Wyatt, which I thought was a nice uh, a nice touch. Um, and then the the match was was secondary to all of that. And you know, I thought that you know. Logical conclusion to the story: Billy Gunn is back, and he they win the titles and hooray! Um, yeah. uh, you know, I I I had my uh, real. I hope someone got fired for that blunder uh, uh, <laughs> moment during this. Oh, um, the acclaims rule for the house rules was that it's no holds barred. I think you'll find one of the pre-established rules of the house rules match is that disqualifications are enforced. So you can't just add a rule that says it's no holds barred. Thank you very much. Why not? Because one of the one of the founding rules, one of the pillars of the rules of this match, Dina's one of the tent poles is that disqualifications are enforced. You can't have a match where the rules are disqualifications are enforced and also they're not. Yes, you can. It cancels the amount. If it cancels the amount, <laughs> that makes choice. it a normal match. <laughs> no, well. no, because a normal match disqualifications are enforced. Yes, but enforced as in uh, really enforced. Uh, not messing I want, around. I want, I want Malachi to come out on Dynamite and, and call out Tony Khan and say, "Brother, subsection E, fucking of this contract, uh, that match is void because of that." And I'm still the champion. referee's cadence was off by four percent. Yeah, um, but yeah. Um, my issue with it was that the acclaimed chose a no holds barred match. And we had had about seven no DQ matches already yeah, at that point. Yeah. It's like another one. Yeah. Christ. And it seems like it, they, they literally yeah. only did that so they could do the spot where Julia gets in the ring and, they, you know, uh, they, they didn't Shiver actually... They didn't do any weapon stuff or anything like that with it. No. Um, anyway. Uh, and then we got the uh, main event. MJF did retain over Adam Cole. It's funny because in the building, um, as, as we've said about the last month of television... I felt like this was very well received. Everyone was yeah. was enjoying it. They were living and dying with the various uh, bumps and, and 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 peaks and valleys of the story, and and people were laughing at the funny bits and so on and so forth. And then like got out of the building and got internet back, and it was like everyone watching it like, hated this, you know, or well, not everyone, <laughs> but but a lot of people hated it. Um, I, I I don't know. I I uh, I guess I kind of I guess I kind of expected that to, to be it, and I I thought it was a good version. <laughs> of that match I probably would have preferred if they just had like the time limit draw a couple of weeks ago if they just had yeah. a, a match good, I would have preferured that <laughs> I thought I thought they did a fine version of that thing um, even if that's not my my particular uh, preference I'm kind of at the stage now with AEW where I'm just kind of like eh, that's, 
I'm like, eh, that, they're just doing this, and I you can complain about it every single week, but they're just doing it. You know what I mean? What did you What did you mm. boys make of the main event? Yeah, I would prefer a, a proper match rather yeah. than a, the story match. But I thought for that it was very very good. Um, I, I I fucking hated the the double pin count thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That n- never ever makes sense. Why would Why would you ever do that? I just hate that so much. They could have done a. a a double count out a double 10 they were both down for 10 seconds they never mm. do that in wrestling so if it, it would have been a surprise to actually go oh 10 they're both out yeah yeah it's a, it's sure. a double count out yeah why do that instead of the pinfalls it, it it didn't make any sense so that annoyed me and then after that they did get a bit silly with the chair and putting the chair on the head I, yeah. it was a good spot but in it wasn't the kind of big match big fight feel <laughs> kind of thing yeah. and it got a bit silly after that but um I think, I think, and I think it's like slightly more annoying that they did have a good match when they mm. did the match on TV a few weeks ago, and it's like, yeah. it's like you, you could be having like, uh, like you know, a great match. But like I said, my, my I'm kind of residing myself to they're they're doing this, and that's just what it's going to be. You know, mm. what about you, Paul? Where did you land on this one? Uh, I agree with all your points, but I was totally in the palm of their hands, and I loved it. Oh, so was I. So was I. Yeah. Even, <laughs> even as someone who's like, this isn't really for me, but on the nice, I was like, I think, I think, I mean, we had plenty of those experiences in, in, in OTT as well. Yeah, like, of course. I, I would rather, there was a lot, I had loads of matches there where I was like, I'd rather you be doing fucking uh, shoot headbutts and throwing each other off out of the <laughs> ring through glass panes. But I laugh at the jokes. I mean, you know, they're good jokes, you know? Yeah. Like the, the chair spot, like I, I, you know, we've seen 10 million Eddie tribute spots over the years. I appreciated MJF fake cracking himself over the head with the chair i thought that was very clever um i'm sure if i was watching at home if if the roles were if the continents were reversed and this was on at america and i was watching it at 5 a.m at home <laughs> and they did the spot where where mgf didn't want a tombstone adam cole that is my least favorite thing in wrestling is i don't think i can bring myself to do this move to you i hate that it, on the night when i was there i was like oh you know that's the story they're telling i'm into it let's see adam cole i was like and i and i was like adam cole's definitely going to do it and when he did do it i was like yeah that's great it's great it's storytelling baby yeah. if i was watching that at home in a different time zone i probably would have been like sweet jesus fucking wrap it up but um uh, i liked a lot of the callbacks i liked i liked the uh i didn't as joe mentioned i didn't like the double count conceptually but i loved the uh Five more minutes, MJF <gasps> call back. And this time he says no. Five minutes ain't enough. And that's kind of, I mean, that, that is that is wrestling in a nutshell, isn't it? It's like, well, yeah. how they got there, it's kind of, oh, that's kind of silly. Double pin, who really cares about that? But the, the point is that he says, fucking Wembley, we're going to have a winner. And everyone goes, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what wrestling is. That is what wrestling is. Um, exactly. Yeah, and then they got to, uh, and again, just like the, the 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 tag match on the opener, I, I mean, I I we were talking, I was talking about it with my friends before the show. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Who's going to turn? Roderick Strong's going to get involved. The Kingdom, blah, blah blah. I was like, I don't know which way it's going to go. Who's going to turn? But I mean, whoever turns, whatever happens, Adam Cole's winning. Obviously, that's the only thing. That's the only thing. I'll put the mortgage money on, boys. Adam Cole is obviously winning, and obviously not. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah. But again, being being not super into this type of angle, I was I can't say I was like perturbed by the result. I was like, okay, that's 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 where they're going. That's they fine. got to do the it was a a unique ending to the show to just have them in the ring with the confetti falling, and it kind of mm. it felt like a celebratory rather than having some highly contentious Mania seventeen. Everyone's leaving the building shocked. Oh my god, yeah. he turned heel. This guy. The ending of the show felt a little bit. We're going to just celebrate AEW right now. 
Um, mm-hmm. which Especially like. because the ending of the show was, we're doing it again in 2024. So it yeah. had to be. Which I'm going to match that energy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. my initial reaction was, guys, I turned to, I was with my brother and my friend, Stephen, turned to one, turned to you and said, guys, you know, when I, previously I would have said, you know, Wembley isn't something you can just do every year. It, it's, it's, you know, uh, it's kind of a once, not once in a lifetime, certainly once in five years, decade, whatever. But uh, off the strength of this show, I was like, we're coming back next year. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, other things happened that maybe maybe reconsider a little bit. But um, the fact that they're doing next year was very exciting. Very. Um, okay. That's interesting. Cause cool. I was wondering, because uh, I, I, my assumption going in, like, I think everyone was, this is once in a lifetime. They're never yeah. going to be able to do this again. And then by the end of the show, oh, we're doing it again exactly the same week this next year. And I was like, okay, they're not going to do 81,000 next year. I just no, don't believe not. that's not that's a possibility because of people like yourselves. Are you going to fly in? Paul maybe wants to go, but is your brother going to want to go to, you know, as someone who's not watching wrestling maybe every week or, or a friend yeah. who's not watching wrestling, are they going to want to come again? That's kind of what I question. Yeah. I think obviously like the hardcores will come. I'm, you know, an hour away, so obviously right. I'm gonna go I don't have a reason not to go. But for people who are gonna fly in from Ireland, France, Germany, Scotland, wherever. JBC in the US, you know. Even America. Is it is it enough of a draw to come back a second year for this? That's kind of what I'm like not too sure. I think so, and I think there's probably enough people who didn't go this time. Yeah. Who who might be convinced on the strength of the show. Who missed out. And that's that I mean, it helps the show the show was class. You know what I mean? That <laughs> always helps and people go, well, next year. And that's I mean, that's AEW in general, right? All they've all these problems and the build is this and that and the other thing, and oh my god, the drama. And then it's like, well, the show's always good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah, but I I, I, I would hope that that in one I mean, God knows what the landscape of AEW is gonna look like in a year, but you you would hope in a year's time, um, uh, things have stabilized out enough that they could really benefit from getting in some kind of rhythm where they have a rumble to mania-esque plan where you don't always have the match graphic but mm. generally speaking by January you, you basically know what the direction for mania match. is yeah. I think coming out of double or nothing next year I, I actually think it would be a good idea to pretty soon after Double or Nothing have a fucking match graphic and be like this guy won one of our many tournaments and this is the fucking guy who's going to be challenging and this is the let's just say hypothetically they drag out the MJF Adam Cole thing again which Mm. I don't think they will but let's say they do then Double or Nothing should be fucking Adam Cole winning a a tournament and then they start building up to one last this is the fucking last time we're ever doing this and it's going to be the great start doing that I you know no more of this two weeks out we're throwing things together I know there's injuries and politics and drama and it's hard I'm not saying it's easy but I think if you wanted to, if you want this to be a yearly thing you want it to be your mania get into that beat and have this stuff people should know the car should, even like I said without a card, people should in our little nerdy wrestling fan conversations we should we should, yeah. we should know the card the card like a month and a half I, out you know the thing is I, I can't think of too many Wrestlemania main events that have fallen apart in the last few months can you think of it like to me they almost historically always it gets set up at the Royal Rumble or, or the yeah Wrestlemania was uh Orton Batista and then Daniel Bryan got oh, right, yeah. shoehorned into but it. even that wasn't that didn't fall apart they just they, they pivoted you know yeah um, that wasn't even that last minute was it really it was they, they kind of knew that a few weeks out at least I think did 
it wasn't it wasn't even a main event so i suppose it doesn't really matter roman missed the covid mania no 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 he didn't he he was uh, out already was he okay. yeah, AEW are just very unlucky i don't see why they can't book it two months in advance and then yeah. it's gonna fall apart um yeah, actually, now that you, now you put it to me, actually, I can't remember too many. Uh, the, the most probably going to be an obvious one. People mm. will email us, but I don't think of too many WrestleMania main events where 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 they were swapped out last second. But um, yeah, that was um, that was uh, all in, and, and uh, it took us a while to get back into London. Obviously, with uh, eighty thousand people leaving the building at one time. I will say though, for for um, no, what were you staying near Wembley? Yeah, we we oh, had okay. a, we had a half an hour walk down to Alperton and then like 15 minutes on a mostly empty tube to the hotel. Oh, oh Joe's got the chair. Hello. He's got two chairs. Two chairs, in fact. I, I had to carry two of those back from Wembley oh, to Catford. So, oh, dear. I know, you had, I know you had problems, but imagine my arms by the time I got home with carrying two of these yeah. things. They're very comfortable. I think that, that that is one of those occasions where I, I I actually wouldn't mind getting one of those chairs. Like if I live near the building, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. I I don't know how I don't know how people bring like if you travel to Mania and you get one of those packages. What do you what do you do? Do you post it back? Do you check it at the airport? How do people get those? You can, back? You can check it. At the you airport, can check yeah, it if you pay right. for the extra luggage. Yeah. But I suppose you're then. Pay, uh, well, again, I suppose if you're dropping the cash on one of those tickets for Mania, you you, you can probably yeah. afford to check it. I guess. But um, yeah, I will say uh, as as long as it took to get into Wembley, I thought they. They, they, the process of getting out, they had relatively streamlined, obviously, because they do so many events mm. there. They're used to it at this stage. So it wasn't quick, I'll say that, but there was no stampeding. It was all very reasonable. Mm. Um, with with all in disgust, I mean, Paul, do you want to talk about our travel woes um, uh, yeah. getting out of the country? I mean, I don't have too much to say. I'm sure people saw it in the news. If you, if you perhaps are not UK-based and you weren't aware, there was a air traffic control computer glitch Monday morning. Uh, and I remember just hearing from friends who had earlier flights to me going, oh, we've been delayed. I was like, oh, that's shit. I didn't, okay, hopefully it's not too big an issue. And then next thing you know, our flight is cancelled. It's head front page news. The airlines are having a shit attack. Nothing's working. You can't get a hold of the customer support for love nor money. It's It was absolute chaos. Um, uh, yeah, so we were pretty lucky in that we... Um, had family in the area to stay with, stayed one extra night, rang customer care first thing in the morning, were able to get our flight rearranged at 8 a.m. and were flying out at 4. Um, so all it cost us was, uh, you know, an extra day of, of dinner and whatever in, uh, I think, the most expensive city in the world, by the way. Holy shit. I mean, we don't have to talk too much about what we got up to in London, but God fucking damn, how do people, like, eat and drink in London? What the fuck is going on? Where'd you go? Uh, no, uh, don't worry, that's fancy. I actually can't remember off, off the top of my head. I went to a number of, uh, I went to, oh, uh, um, a number of chicken shops. I went to uh, a place called Main Chick. I was mainly drawn by the names of these places. And I also went to a place called Elite Peri Peri for the week that was in it. Uh, those places were all right because those were just those were fast food places. Yeah, yeah. But everywhere else was like insane. But um, um, yeah, Paul, what about yourself? You were you were in the UK slightly longer than I. What, what was your situation? Yeah, we um, headed up to the airport Monday afternoon and we literally arrived at the airport as the news was breaking that flights were being cancelled because of this issue. So we were there for about four hours, I would say, queuing, trying to find out what was happening. 
and then we found out that it got cancelled so we had to leave the airport and head back now luckily the hotel we were staying in was so cheap and shit <laughs> that we were able to just book the same rooms again for two days they they you know the the rooms weren't uh weren't booked out and they're they're cheap enough as well so we were able to get our rooms for two more days uh we eventually got the flight for the wednesday afternoon moved the flight to wednesday afternoon um and yeah we needed something to do so we ex- did some exploring in london actually on the way to wembley when we were walking to wembley we passed through I, what i guess is like the indian district uh, right. which was really cool um and then we uh on the Tuesday after we'd been at the airport, we passed through Chinatown and Covent Garden and Leicester Square and okay. did some exploring there. Mm. And uh, we ate in a very nice Angus Steakhouse. Ooh, had a big old steak. Because that was the thing is we kind of had not eaten any real food for two days. Anticipating that we were only going to be there for not mm. even a full day. We arrived in London, got an honest burger, went up to the stadium after the show, we got like some crisps in the convenience shop around the corner. Then, when the flight got cancelled, we got back into London. It's like we haven't eaten real food since like Saturday evening. <laughs> At this point, it's now Monday night. So, we got a lovely steakhouse dinner. It was really good. And then on the Tuesday, we went to a football match uh, Fulham against Tottenham Hotspur in the Carabao Cup. Oh, you went to a Fulham match. Went to a Fulham match, as Tony mm-hmm. asked. We, we, we. Oh yes, uh, he did advertise in the building. For those of you not in the building, he made sure to get his Fulham and Jags ads on the big <laughs> screen. That was good. So we went along, and you know when you um, you see people at public events, football matches or whatever, and they've mm-hmm. had a little too much to drinky drink, and they're standing there and they might be wobbling a little bit, and they just vomit oh no all down yeah that was me I'm afraid um I was sick in Craven Cottage um so I've been I've been now to a few stadiums in England I've only thrown up in one of them so (laughs) uh, about 60 minutes into the game I started getting real bad indigestion Uh, I think Mm. off a rogue bag of Haribo I'd eaten but probably off like i said two days of not really eating any anything with any nutritional value um so i started getting really bad indigestion but i was, I was kind of able to manage it i was buying a bottles of water to try and kind of calm my body down i didn't have any like rennie or anything um and then the match ended one all and went to penalties so i've never seen in person a penalty shootout live and it was down Ooh. our end as well we we're in the home end and we, we see one penalty go in, uh, two penalties, three penalties. And I think after the fifth penalty, I couldn't hold back the indigestion anymore. And just in my seat, oh, big no. puke all over the place. Now, I was the leftmost person in the row, and everybody was looking right to the penalties. So nobody saw me that I was sick anyway. So I was able oh, to sneak out. And I'm trying to get to the bathroom, right? <laughs> Bathrooms are just around the corner. But I'm like completely involuntarily being sick now. I can't hold oh, it in. No. Oh just, my so, god! It's like, it's like walk five paces. Just, but, but luckily, because I had so much water, it's mostly just water. What is this? A South Park bit? Oh my god! And then by the time I got to the bathroom, there was very little left, so I just did a little. No, we've all been there. We've all been there. And 
It was funny because it's so funny this happened to the soberest man in that, in that building. This is actually the thing I because mean, one of the stewards was looking at me and he had a look of frightenedness on his face. And yeah. I tried to put my hands up and I said to him, I'm not drunk, I'm just really sick. But he And uh, and no drunk person has ever said that as well. I so know, this so is the thing. Made, and he looked like he didn't care. He just wanted me to not be near him at all. Um <laughs> But that, that's the thing is, I wasn't drunk. I was just really sick. <laughs> What's the reality? But yeah, uh, the match was really fun. We were right in the corner, so I took some videos. We were probably uh, as close to the uh, corner flag as Joe was when he went up to try and get a thumbs up from Orange Cassidy to the ring. We were like right in the corner there. I, I, I haven't found like a high definition video of the match, but you'd be able to see us on it if I was to find that. Uh, and that was fun. And then, yeah, and then Wednesday we finally flew home a few days late. So I need to look into the because I did have travel insurance and and all that. So I do I do want to see what I can get reimbursed on because um, mm-hmm. we did have to pay for the hotels for two extra days, oh, yeah. train and tube tickets back and forth to fucking London Gatwick, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, you know, all in all, it wasn't cheap. We also went for a game of mini golf in Acton Ooh. Park. Oh, only got a little hole in one on one of the holes. Oh, did you, did you win any accurate. prizes for that? You just you just puked instantly. I mean, at it. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing, um, nothing special. I did. I also went to a chicken establishment uh, called Chicken Valley, which uh, was was not not like an upmarket chicken place. This was like just a random place on the road. Because when we were walking back yeah. from the football game, I was very hungry because now I'm not having anything in my stomach anymore. So stopped in for a, a bit of chicken. It was lovely. But yeah, yeah I, mean, both, always... I don't know if I said this, both the both the chicken places I went to were fucking delicious. Uh, they were as far away from notions, obviously, as possible. They were just chippers, but they were fucking Yeah, that, that's what this was. Um, and the thing is, like, it was still all in all a fun trip, but I'm so done with airports and trains and the tube. Yeah. Uh, I love London. It's my favorite city in the world, but I could I could probably not go to London again until next year's all in. Next time. I will say, I mean, me and oh man, the, the, the stress the stress of 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 navigating London while not the the real in the moment, the real problem with, with, with the whole flight issue was we got a text from from the airline saying your flight's cancelled. We'll be back in touch shortly with your make good flight plans. And I, and this is probably even, you know, I'm not saying this is the right way to do it, but my thing was like, let's not book anything out of pocket and fucking, you know, put ourselves in debt. Mm. Let's see what they send us, right? And hours went by and hours went by. And my girlfriend was very much like, let's just book something. Let's book something now ourselves and we'll just try and get the money back off the airline. And I was like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 do it this way. And we were just getting very frazzled because I wanted to hold the line and she wanted to book something. Some friends of mine and we were, we were oh my God, we were looking. This is on Monday. This is when this incident went down, by the way, the, the air traffic control thing. This is on Monday. And next thing you know, Tuesday was fucking selling out for our flights home. And we were like, oh my God, what the fuck are we going to do? And like, we'll be, will we fly back Wednesday? And I was like, no, no, maybe they blocked off Tuesday because they're going to give it to us. So we, so we were having all these fucking disagreements. And we're like, all right, we book a hotel. He's like, no, 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 we'll stay with my sister. And so then we were like trying to navigate from the city center to where her sister lives, which is a little bit out of town, and just trying to check, refresh in the emails. Has the airline been in touch? No, okay, let's uh, oh, well, Google Maps. Okay, what train line are we getting? Okay, and then we went down 
into one of the train stations to get the train that would take us most of the way to her sister's place. And we tapped on with the contactless card, charged our pound or whatever to get in, walked up to the train line, police there, this train line's closed, something's happened on the line. And we were like, we were like, and it was nobody's fault. It was like something had, something had happened. I don't know what, there was police involved. So I, I assume it was something not very good had happened and the, the complete line was shut down. And I was just like, this is the line to our last second couch surfing fucking life-saving accommodation. This line doesn't work. I was like, I was like, okay, can I just put up my phone here and just say, okay, what's, what's another train we can get that will take us there? No fucking internet because we're in the fucking underground. And I was like, okay, we're going to have to pay our fucking pound to get back out of the fucking train station. And then we're trying to get a fucking Uber and there's people coming over with leaflets. Do you want to go here? Do you want to fucking, do you want to play some fucking mini golf? I was like, I was like, oh my God, it was as considering again we were very lucky we got home the next day and again we with our own airline without having to pay for a new flight so in the broad scheme of things we weren't affected too badly but oh my god those few hours of trying to figure out what are we going to do do we just take a punt do we just spend 200 quid on shitty ryanair flights at the last second it was it was i mean i'm i i'm i'm probably never going to leave the house for the next two or three months i would say we're going to have a we're going to have a very um, uh, grounded, keeping your feet on the floor a couple of uh, months here. It does seem like um, Ryanair were weirdly better at sorting that out than... Yes, I was not with Ryanair and I was like, well, they're going to fucking drop the ball. I'm glad I went with Aer Lingus. No, the Aer Lingus were shocking. Couldn't get a hold of them. No follow-up text, phone ringing off the hook, no tweets, no nothing. Oh my god, it was insane! And I had friends who were traveling Ryanair who were relatively quickly taken care of. So yeah, that's our experience. Look, look, I had to carry two chairs. So, so who's to say <laughs> who's really suffering? And on the tube, there were a bunch of lads going, "Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Let me and then, and then, and of course, the other thing I didn't mention: carrying these chairs every thirty seconds, some cunts going, "I got chairs." Listen, I've got two chairs. What's going on? Fucking yeah. chair! Yeah. Like, oh, oh my god! You should yeah, have bounced one of the chairs off his off their bones. I was so close to just just hitting one of them, unprotected, um, shot to the head. Yeah. Um, uh, oh god, it was, it was awful. But anyway, you, yeah. Sorry, lads. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Next time, I don't know. Maybe it'll be all right next time. Yeah, yeah it'll be all right on the night. Maybe I'll probably get the ferry or something. Anyway. Nice. Uh, that was travel woes. Uh, before we we move out of the um, uh, the resting section, we would be remiss if not to to, to mention. Mm. I mean, this is how 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 long it's been since it's only been like two weeks since we did a show, but there's been so much going on. Obviously, the very sad news that really, I mean, it really did hang over all in week. I will say. I mean, it was hard to to not think about the 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 very sad passings of both Terry Funk and and Bray Wyatt. Um. Uh, you know, we're not we're we're not ones for eulogies on these shows. Really, typically, it's not our our, our strength. But I will say that it was like um, two really awful news stories for like completely different reasons. It was mm. just like it was a it was a very bad week. I will say, obviously, you know, you've got one of those figures in wrestling in Terry Funk that you obviously had a, a long life and a very long career and and all this other stuff, but. Because of his character, his, as in his real life persona, he kind of had one of those live forever type auras mm. around him. And it's just always sad to see a person like that pass on. And then obviously, uh, uh, Wyndham Rotunda literally 
prime of his life, young family recently. Uh, I don't think I don't have to be married, but recently had uh, kids and stuff like that. I mean, I didn't realize he was only 36 as well. So I was like, holy shit, doing the maths like he's been in. He's been on TV since he's like early 20s. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Oscar Harris and, and, and the various iterations of, of, of Bray Wyatt and stuff like that. So, yeah, two, two really sad um, uh, deaths. On, on the subject of Terry Funk, I mean, uh, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's 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 weird because I'm someone who only kind of discovered him in the twilight of his career. And because obviously, like, he was, like, briefly entwined in the Attitude Era. But even still, he's, mm. like, like an incredible performer to me and a, and a legend and 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 um seen him do so much but i, I don't know if anyone if you if you guys had some some thoughts on those two before we before we move on it's strange on terry funk because i he wasn't being a fan in sort of early to mid 90s he wasn't really i guess he was in japan at that point doing mm. the death matches or something because i don't really have any conception of terry funk like from that period it was the the late 90s i mainly remember him doing like hardcore matches in ecw with norman yeah. smiley <laughs> that's my main memory of terry funk obviously i have seen like the, the i quit match with rick flair and stuff like that but i was yeah he was kind of reminding me just of a, quite a different era even though he wasn't like from the 70s really he was more kind of an eight, you know, late seventies, eighties guy. He was. I always thought of him as being from that kind of era, but um, yes, uh, and I think probably most most people would have learned about him from Mick Foley's book, The Have a Nice yes. Day book, because that's where he really goes into talking about Terry Funk and their relationship and everything. And that was, yeah, that book that and Beyond the Mass were two huge of things. Course. I mean, oh he's, yeah, 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 of course. The, I mean, he's he's the central figure of like the greatest yeah. wrestling documentary ever. You know, that, that's so. where the whole retirement thing really became mm. a bit of a the running joke. You know, Terry Funk is going to retire again and again and again. Yeah, so very sad. I think it's it's one thing where. There's been a lot of people like you know Eddie Kingston came out this week. I think John Moxley as well saying he's the greatest ever. Mm. It's it's funny in a way because I I feel like I've not seen enough of his like proper matches going right. back to the 80s to really like Ric Flair. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the Flair Steamboats and, and the other kind of Ric Flair matches. I've not really seen any great Terry Funk matches except that one I quit match with Flair. So I would like to maybe go back and, and watch some more Funk stuff. Get a little project going, mm. you know. Uh, how about yourself, Paul? Yeah, I mean, on the Bray thing, it's just kind of a a, a very sad thing where it seemed like mm. it was nothing much that could have been done about it. He got COVID, and then that resulted in a weakening of the the heart like or he had whatever a pre-existing it was. heart thing that the COVID agitated. Yeah. I think it was, yeah, mm. yeah. And he was always a big guy. He was carrying a lot of weight around, and you know. Just yeah. kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be too morbid about it, but kind of a reminder at first to take care of ourselves and yeah. as much as you can. It's just very sad because only thirty six. Like I, I'm, my birthday's next week. I turn, th- I turn thirty five. So, oh, okay, yeah. Well, that, yeah. When when a guy in his thirties dies in the in in the prime of his life, I mean, um, it'll make you think. It'll make you think about these things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, very sad news um, on on two counts there. Mm-hmm. So um, rest in peace, peace to both, and thoughts to their families and friends and fans. Obviously, you know, lots of lots of very sad wrestling fans this week. Obviously, um, so we will um, uh, move on there into um, uh, our uh, other features. Um, no emails this week. No quizzes. We all quizzed out. Uh, too too much to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Cues next week. We'll do that next week. 
uh, we'll run down the all out card here very quickly. Now, I have not watched I have not watched uh, AEW TV here this week, so uh, I am hoping um, you boys can perhaps take me through any crucial bits here as we do the all out card. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Dynamite, I don't think was really anything to write home about in in the the fallout of of all in because mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't at the show anyway because there was the Bray Wyatt services and um it was it was kind of a, a forgettable not very newsworthy show collision given the circumstances i actually thought was very good okay uh, i really enjoyed collision the the most noteworthy thing was the ricky starks um dragon challenge resulted in yes mm. oh match yes allowed, yeah but not against the dragon you thought it was going to be, which I thought was a clever little thing. Although I thought the segment was very strange insofar as Starks and Danielson are ostensibly heels, but they both could, well, Danielson didn't cut a promo, but obviously came out. Him coming out as a surprise Mm, opponent is is inherently babyface. And Starks cut a really babyface promo to open the show. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that was... Yeah. off the back of the punk news for some reason because he still afterwards acted as a heel but he was talking about like big bill i know you've had your troubles you've had your addiction issues but look at you now you've got over it and you're here brother you made it and it was very rah 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 i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna make it i keep every time they try and pull me down i make it back to the top and they yeah, can't stop me blah, blah, blah. it was very very odd um mm. but uh Danielson, a nice surprise. I, I hope he's properly healthy to come back for this match. And I think by the end of Collision, All Out, which seemed to be a very forgettable B-level show, I think there's actually some some decent... They put together a decent card, to be fair. I, I, I like the look of this card, I will say. With, with that match added, I think it's actually a pretty decent show. Yeah, oh, there's enough on there. Danielson for a bit of depth. So yeah, we got uh, Brian Danielson versus Ricky Starks in the strap match. I mean, that'll be. I assume that's not a touch the four corners. I don't think they'll do that. I assume it's just a match with a strap attached. Well, they've, they've, done, with they've strap. done a strap match before, haven't they? They've done chain uh, matches. I'm not sure if they've done a strap match. They've not done a strap match, okay? Because like, they've done the like dog collar match, for example, and they've done yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that'll be great. Obviously, Danielson's come back. Interested to see uh, uh, if there's any carryover from the injury. We'll find out. Uh, elsewhere in the card, Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the TNT title. Uh, I mean, you'd have to imagine Darby gets his gets his signature belt back for that one. Hopefully. Yeah, that'd be um, uh, Haas battle, Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. That'll be good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My only my only criticism is I wish this match had been better built to. It feels like yeah. they they've been building this Miro Hobbs match for the better part of five weeks, let's say. But it still doesn't feel like there's like what's the reason they're having the match? What's the what's the character motivations there? It feels very uh, underwritten. Uh, big big lads. Yeah, big lads. Big lads having a big point. boy match. That's 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 pretty much it. Uh, Statlander versus Ruby should be pretty dang good. This one on the hand, feels yeah. like they've appropriately built to it. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that one, that one should be should be good. I would like, uh, we I would getting... like Ruby to win that one. Actually, really, I would like, okay. I would, I would like 
Soraya as the world champion, Ruby as the TBS, and that plays into Tony Storm's. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Tony is the unraveling. I have nothing. You know, my life has fallen apart. Yeah, and she is yeah. tremendous in in this role currently. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Uh, we have the big Omega Takeshita singles match. I mean, that has I That's do think that great. has match of the year potential on it. Funny thing is, though, we were talking about. You know, maybe we should kickstart the Takeshita thing again. I mean, he got the pin at, at Wembley. I, I don't foresee him winning this. I, I could be wrong, but um, I, I, the result of this will be interesting. The result of this will be interesting. Yeah, I think they, they kind of need Omega to be back to where he, he needs to be back in that main event. Yeah. So I don't think they can really have him lose, but at the same time, it would be great for Takeshita to... Takeshita being in there with Omega is already a push, to be yeah. fair, you know? Um, it's oh, the problem isn't so much that he's not having these matches that they don't follow it up with anything. He 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 could have this great not blow away match with Omega and then he like won't be on dynamite. That's 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 the problem mm-hmm. more so than the, re- the result of the matches. I think the match is going to be tremendous blow away. But um, you're right about Omega. Omega, I feel like now needs to move back up to the top to fill in the gap, so to speak. But Omega and the Young Bucks have. I don't know. I, I have not necessarily that I've kind of gone off them, but I think with people like CM Punk having been around, it just lights an even bigger spotlight on the Young Bucks and Omega's like dispassionate promo style. And yeah, I, th- I think it really hurts. Like you, you, you mentioned earlier, Barry, that when the Young Bucks came out, they didn't feel like these super important. AEW tempos, but because they kind of their whole character, and I I get that it's their personalities and their characters, but they're they're so laid back and sarcastic, and it's not like a compelling top level wrestling character. They they just feel Mm. like uh, not that wrestling isn't to be taken seriously, like in an Orange Cassidy kind of way, but they just feel like even when they have the most intense blood feuds their promo style is always a sarcastic teenager mm-hmm. you know it's very very annoying that's why i think they're better suited to being heels than than faces unfortunately but yeah anyway. so yeah uh speaking of the young bucks they are teaming with ftr versus bullet club gold i mean kind of like what we had on wembley that's it'd probably be good but that's a that's a little bit of a you know we we had to we had to split up big singles matches between two shows, and so some of you guys are getting multi man But I'm sure that'll be a fun one. Better than you, baby, versus the Dark Order. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wonder uh, who's winning that one. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'm, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, we complained a little. We were like, oh, it's all the good stuff getting saved for Chicago. It's like, well, they had to split the good stuff between these two shows, you know. <laughs> Uh, Samoa Joe defending his TV title against Shane Taylor. I don't think Taylor has ever been on AEW television. I could be mistaken, but um, I think he won a tournament on Ring of Honor TV, which obviously we don't watch. Um, I don't like, like Taylor, I don't, I don't like that, that crossing of the streams. I know we're 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 firmly in that camp. We are we are the grums. We're like we're like keep keep you know AEW should be AEW. But I mean, if they have AEW is AEW, then. Joe would be gone. He'd be doing his his his. You yeah, know, two anyway. Ring of Honor title matches on this show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like the the tag ones are on 
the champion. I know, that's, the main that's, guy silly. that's silly in the first place. Uh, but that match should be all right. Shade Hitter is, is good. Obviously, it's a very left field thing to stick on an yeah. AEW pay per view, but that match should be um, should be all right. another another hoss battle. Uh, uh, this is a, a bizarre match, but in a cool way. Eddie Kingston and Shibata against Claudio and Wheeler. Uh, I mean, great. It's kind kind of out of nowhere, but we're going to get more Kingston Claudio uh, uh, um, uh, stuff, and uh, that should be that should be great. Yeah, that would be great. I'm. I'm- I'm getting a bit sick of the. We, we talked about it a little bit, but I feel like it's been the year of the multi-man match in AEW. Yeah. It's just been five. It's it's six man tags, eight man tags, ten man tags, twelve man tags, fourteen, sixteen man tags, eighteen man tags. It's just people people want to see singles matches. Yeah, big singles feuds are what draw money because that's what's the most compelling. And a trios match can be really good, good mid card match. You, you can have a really good match, but. We need these big singles matches. Yeah, you know, I tweeted out a list of singles matches that they haven't yeah. done on, on the Jershot account. And there's a lot on the table, and that was without Punk, who now <laughs> wouldn't have been included anyway. But even without him, there's so many matches on the table that they could yeah. do. Tony, pull your finger out, son. I think one issue they have is when they have a stable, like, um, for instance, uh, Bullet Club Gold. They rarely have someone involved in a feud that doesn't involve the entire stable. You know what I mean? It's, it's mm. very not like the New Japan model where you have chaos, but it's like Okada has his own feud separate to the faction. And um, Ishii has his own feud separate to anything. And in mm. AEW, feels like very much when a faction is in a feud one wrestler is, is, is having the feud with someone else, uh, representing the faction overall, rather than you know, Black Blackpool Comic Club, Comic Club might be an exception, but even then, you still have a lot of Yuta and Claudio and Mox. You know, rarely does Yuta have his own thing going on, and Mox have his mm. own thing going on. But still, they're mm. the Blackpool Combat Club, but they they're involved in separate things. It seems like it's always a faction feud. We, you know, I, I don't mind the faction, but I wish that there wasn't so much gang warfare going on. It was a little bit more broken down yeah. people can still be in factions but the faction isn't their defining characteristic mm-hmm. you think back to revolution this year um hangman and moxley like, do you remember who won that match hangman and moxley off the top of your head it was hangman, hangman, won, hangman won you're right and did moxley suffer from losing that five-star no. match no he's fucking all hangman's disappeared since then if anything you know and mjf beating brian in the main event did, did that hurt brian Danielson? no it helped mjf and and could have helped Hangman if he hadn't got, you know, disappeared off the face of the planet. Why don't we get more of those? That's my wish for 2024, TK. Let's get the big singles matches. Yeah, We only do four or five pay-per-views a year. Let's That's it. do it. There's enough matches to last like three years, even just with the current roster of big matches. So, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, our main event is one of those aforementioned big matches. Thank yes. God. Yeah, we're getting John Moxley we're getting, versus... Yeah, we're getting two Orange of them. Cassidy. We're getting Brian Starks for the first time, and we're getting Orange Cassidy Moxley for the first time. So this is actually... I think why well, this is actually a pretty good pay-per-view. And uh, to, to catch the mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, to an extent. But on, I would say, I would say match-wise, that, that's a high-quality match. Uh, yeah. But on uh, on this main event, I mean, this is, this is kind of the battle for... For who can be the ace, I suppose. The soul um, of AEW. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about it because we were talking about how much we wanted to see it at Wembley. I think we've talked about this match in the last few weeks. I mean, you can't, 
can't cap off the Cassidy reign any better, I don't think, than this. Um, so I really I'm, like I'm lately how they have kind of made the Cassidy character, they've evolved the Cassidy character a little bit to be a bit more serious while mm. still retaining the stuff that made him so popular. I think that was a necessary component of mm. elevating that character to a point where it's believable that he could have a match with someone like Moxley and it not feel like they're not on equal standing. So good for you. So uh, that is all out. Um, and that is coming up in a few hours. You probably have, you probably have seen it by the time this goes up, but you know, whatever. Uh, we'll be back to talk about it next week. Um, that's enough wrestling for now. Let's. That's enough wrestling. My goodness, we have so many other guffs to get through here. Um, uh, who wants to go first on the old movies? Who's a movie they want to talk about? I can go first. I watched the new Indiana Jones film finally, mm-hmm. Dial of Destiny. So I watched the original trilogy a few weeks back. Oh, baby, those films are chef's kiss. Perfection of 80s action adventure. Mm. Not done better. Very different from each other. You have Raiders, which is kind of a little, I hate to to call it a prestige movie, but it feels a little bit more like a proper, seriously made movie. Temple of Doom, very camp, but like super, super fun. Last Crusade, kind of, feels like somewhere in the middle between those two but you have you know a, a legend like sean connery brought in and it's also very fun but feels a little bit more like an actual uh treasure hunt uh whereas the others were a little bit more like i said straight on adventure uh reminiscent of the you know, movies from the 40s and 50s uh, and then i rewatched watched kingdom of crystal skull which for years i maintained wasn't as bad as people have said it was uh on rewatch. Mm, not so good maybe a little maybe a little yeah. bit mm. and now we come to Dial of Destiny and I I'm very sorry to say because I, I I know Joe when you reviewed it you were relatively positive on it I think I think you were surprised by how positive you were yourself on it. Mm. Uh, I did not get on with it at all I thought it was mm. so boring um, the length I thought was not at all justifiable um, nothing happens for the first hour and a half. Wheels just spin and spin and spin, and literally because there's uh, about an hour of car chases in it. Uh, the car chases are totally uh, weightless, both visually and you know emotionally. There's you, there's no investment into these car chases because they're all super bland and super forgettable. Uh, the characters never feel like they gel together into a team. Uh, they're, they're neither properly uh, like friendly towards the other, nor are they properly antagonistic in the way like in Temple of Doom where um, uh, Willie was a little bit like uh, annoying and you know that was that was the relationship. Oh, this woman's annoying and, and she she can't get wet. Ah, you know and that's that's the fun. Here, there's just kind of no relationship between them, and a lot of their relationship is just exposition. Um, one thing I would have liked is okay if Indy has to go out on one last adventure, then maybe it would be something from his past, you know, like the one mm. relic he could never find. Suddenly it turns up and that's what pulls him out, you know? Uh, literally the setup of the movie is the first, the first like 30 minutes are a flashback uh, to like an old Indiana Jones and uh, his friend Toby Jones uh, adventure oh. with the worst uncanny valley 
PlayStation 3 cutscene didn't work for me at all. Those reasons. I thought the the effects were pretty poor across the board in this movie. But it's like they set up that there was this uh, The Dial of Destiny, the titular thing in the movie, and Toby Jones took it away. And then one day it's like uh, the Phoebe Waller Bridges character just shows up with it. But it's never set up that this was like a thing that Indiana Jones cared about. It was like, oh, 20 years ago, your man took it away and I haven't really thought about it in 20 years. Oh, she turns up with it. I don't know, she, whatever. But it seems like the movie expects you to go along with it, even though the motivations are super flimsy. And yeah, I mean, nothing really happens for uh, an hour. They, they pick up a, a super annoying child for some reason who serves very little purpose in the movie as well nowhere near as charming as like a short round or anything he just mm. they just meet him in a hotel one time and he just goes with him and there's like what why is he with them why are they, why is he with them now in a different country like what's why is that happening um the ending is a, a little bit more fun the last act which i won't spoil but by then i was already like nearly checked out i i didn't finish this in one sitting i had to stop after oh wow an hour 47 i said that's enough for tonight let's let's finish it tomorrow because I just found it a total slog, which is a shame because I really, really love those other movies. And, and I long defended Kingdom of Crystal Skull, but I thought Dial of Destiny mm-hmm. was was, uh, was not good. And Harrison Ford, God love him. Uh, his performance, not that his performance is bad, but it's like the, the way it was written, it didn't, it didn't feel like you're watching Indiana Jones. He's just a gruff a gruff man who who just is there to answer questions because Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character is just throwing exposition at him. This is mm. the thing from Greece and, and this is the thing that Archimedes was doing and he just goes, yeah, oh, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> and that's all he does and then he sits down uh, in a car or on a horse or like he doesn't... He's really... 80. What do you want him to I, do? I, I, I know he's... I understand he's 80 but... Indiana Jones, has, Indiana Jones, to be fair, has never really been about the action as much of no. as much as the adventure, right? This film yeah. has much more action than adventure, which is the problem because you have a lead who's eighty years old, and so it's kind of limited insofar as he can be sitting in a car or he can be sitting on a horse, or you know, there's there's not a lot much more to it than that. So yeah, I found it very disappointing. Um, that's the only movie I watched. Okay, uh, nice. I watched a movie. Let's give a quick mention to. I watched it on Channel Four, uh, called Alone, mm. which is a kind of kind of kidnapper kind of thriller horror thing. Very light on plot. It's pretty much just a woman is uh, traveling cross country in the U.S. and and she is set upon by a stalker. It's very it's very no frills story wise, but very tense, very well directed, really good performances. A uh, really good gritty kind of low budgety kind of uh, thriller, and uh, I thought it was very good. I thought it was it was it was very very intense. Um, uh, and yeah, that is that is still available to watch on the Channel Four service if you do have if you are in a region where you can get that service. So I'd give mm. that a solid thumbs up for someone looking for a, a, a good uh, intense uh, thriller. Uh, that's all I watched this week. Obviously, not a lot of time for movie watching with all the wrestling. Um, watched a movie. Bit of a story first. So we went to a concert this week as well. Um, went to see Haim, um, okay, yeah. who are doing a 10th anniversary tour of their first album coming out. It was back in 2013. Um, mm. So we got tickets to that. It was kind of a last minute. I don't know if it was like a surprise gig, but tickets went on sale two days before. Managed to get the tickets. Uh, Wednesday night, we headed over to West London, um, you know, kind of not too far from Wembley, that sort of direction. 
uh, got all the way there. And as we walk into the venue, I'm looking around and thinking, not very busy around here. It's not, mm. <laughs> normally, you know, as you get towards the venue, there's a, a lion or some crowds. And I said, uh, I said to Michelle, you sure it's today? And uh, they oh, said the tickets, no. it, was, it was Thursday. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we turned around. Uh, we did happen to be next to the biggest shopping centre in London, the, the Westfield over there. We went into the Westfield while I was there. My God. I thought I was on the Titanic or something. It was so fucking big. <laughs> it was it was iceberg, water. iceberg outside. Yeah. And, um, the, the biggest shopping centre I've there. ever been in by a magnitude of about 10, I would say. It's it's enormous, that place. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so luckily, that, that we had wanted to see a film, Theatre Camp, and that oh, yeah. we were we were there. At, it was seven thirty. That was starting at seven forty. So he said, "Let's go and bloody well see Theatre Camp in the old uh, Westfield." So we went and saw that. And so this is a film. I don't know if you've heard anything about it, but it's set at a theatre camp in in right. the US. Like uh, kids go away for the summer and perform musicals, kind of thing. So it's very it's very kind of a love letter to musicals. Um, it's very very funny. Um, I don't remember you. I know you saw American Vandal, Barry. Did you watch that? Yes. Or the you know the the main dumb jock guy, the one who's accused of drawing the dick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. can't remember his, the actor's name, but he he's Jimmy in it. something or other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he plays the son of the woman that runs the camp, okay. and she falls ill, and it's left to him to run it. But he's this kind of uh, influencer douchebag kind of. <laughs> doesn't like musicals he likes post malone that's kind of right, his kind of right. vibe sort of thing and so he has to interact with all these musical kids anyway it's is very very funny it, it was quite sort of christopher guest mockumentary-esque right. uh, that kind of style and also reminded me that the humor a lot of like an arrested development in terms of very kind of um biting sort of jokes and and slightly vicious characters but heartwarming at the same time very 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 funny film we'd laughed out loud quite a few times and very enjoyable so i'd, I'd give it ultimate thumbs up to theater camp uh, if you do get a chance to to go and see that or hope, hopefully it'll be on disney plus eventually i think so yeah. definitely watch that when you get a chance very funny and kind of joyful film yeah i saw the trailer for that there before something recently. it looks it looked really good it did look yeah. really good very good one yeah i went into the westfield to look for because there was a hmv there because mm. as, as wow. you saw, Joe, when I was over with you, I like to buy a movie every time of I go course. on holidays. So I did pick up a, uh, a 4K uh, Blu-ray Boys in the Hood film. Oh, oh very nice. Very nice. But to, to, get, to give you a little story, with, uh, to give Barry an illustration, if you've not been there, how big the, the Westfield Shopping Centre is. Uh, we were looking for the HMV and we we're walking around the bottom floor and we looked up and saw there it is on the floor above. Mm. Okay, let's okay. let's let's head up an escalator and walk around to it. We went to the nearest escalator, walked up, uh, and got lost looking <laughs> looking for the HMV, okay. which we had seen not thirty seconds before. So we we went up went completely the wrong direction. It's 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 not that it's a maze or anything, but it's so big. It's you go so one big, you go yeah. one wrong direction and you're half a kilometer away from the shop you're looking mm. for. Um, absolutely enormous, crazily big. But um, that is uh, that is moving off there for the week. Uh, on the TV side of things, I'll just give a quick mention to I am nearly finished the second season of Nirvana, the band, the show. I mean, it is remarkably consistent. I mean, it is just so, so, so funny. Uh, I think I've got two episodes left and then I'm sadly all done. Yeah, we have to wait for season done. three. 
Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably start it over again at some point because it's so digestible and so quick, and the episodes are so brief. Yeah, tremendous. Yeah, absolutely tremendous. So uh, a great recommendation from Paul there. Again, yeah. not much TV watching this week. That's that's it for me. Yeah, it's definitely one of the shows yes. that I wish more people knew about and and watched because mm. I think it's I think it's such a clever little show. But hardly anyone's heard about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been watching Taskmaster, and I just have one one comment about it, which is that. I'm on season seven, which has uh, Derek and Afterlife superstar uh, Kerry Godleman on it. Okay. And I thought from those shows that she would be this really nice, uh, happy Mm. comedian, I guess. Uh, No, she's really annoying on it. (laughs) I kind of hate her a little bit. Um, oh, so the previous season, I was surprised. Like uh, Lisa Tarbuck was on yeah. the sixth season, and I was surprised by how kind of over with me she got, with how funny she was. Because mm. I never mm. had any interest in Lisa Tarbuck or anything she had done, but I thought she came off really well on it. Carrie Godleman, super annoying, and 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 not. And this is like to, well, as much as I can say without bias of the fact that I hate Derek and Afterlife. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, but you you don't let that cloud your vision, you know. I try not to. I try not to. Uh, to be fair, I only ever watched two and a half episodes of Derek and none of Afterlife. So, um, I've never watched any of Afterlife either. Yeah, <laughs> I, never, I never bothered. Right decision. But yeah, she, I, th- I thought she. I, I'm three three episodes in season seven. I just thought you think she comes off super like rude <laughs> and like not nice. Oh well, I got to get back to Taskmaster. I think I only. I think I started season four and then I fell off. But yeah. Yeah, it's good I think if you watch Taskmaster, if you watch too much of it in a row, you get tired of it. But if you break it up yeah. by watch a season here and there, then then it's easy. It's, it's very easy I to watch, very digestible, like you said. A lot of people tore through a lot of it during COVID, early COVID. That was a big, they had a boom yeah, yeah. during COVID for sure. Uh, yeah, no TV for you, Joe, this week? Uh, nothing, nothing kind of new. Uh, we started Only Murders in the Building, season three. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only, only one episode into that. I do want to get around to that because that looks fun. Mm. Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah, so that was that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll skip over Game Golf there this week because we're, we're we're a bit bloated on the old show. I will say that that after the the, the news of Volition's closing uh, this week, which is quite unfortunate, I did go back to Saints Row Two, which is one of my favorite games of theirs, and that's that's still a gem, an extremely silly gem, perhaps the the least serious a game has ever taken itself. Um, I, I greatly appreciated that. So that's a shame. Good studio. Always hate to yeah. see things like that, but. Um, they are they are shuttered. So there you go. We just uh, have uh, Starfield in. Oh uh, yes, two yeah. days. I mean, released two. I would say good, not great reviews. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I I I really love those Bethesda style games, despite people's totally valid criticism of them. I love the bugs. I love the silly little world they make. Uh, let's let's see how Starfield goes. I, I'm 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 yet to be fully convinced by what I've seen of it, but I'm I'm really in the mood for that kind of game. I was walking back from uh, work on Thursday, and the uh, a random song from the Skyrim soundtrack came on my Spotify, and it just got me fucking in right. the mood for in the mood for for Todd Howard's uh, games. So i'm very excited for stackfield not excited enough to pony up 30 euro to play it today mind when i can get it for free in two days no yeah i did see that that like even if you're playing on game pass you can buy the upgrade to get it yeah. early i'm like eh, 30 quid I, I can nah. wait. I've, I've waited this long i can wait a few more days exactly 
Exactly. Um, um, yeah. That's, and then we yeah, had we, we had a we, Mario. We, no, sorry, we had a Mario Wonder little direct in the week as well, which was oh, uh, great. Which which looks very good. I'm excited to because it looks like a 2D Mario game that's a, a bit of a step up from the, the the slop they've served with the like new Super Mario games, which I don't really think are any good. But this looks like there there's there's a good photo, and of course Charles Martinet. He uh, hung up the little red yes. cap after yes, yeah, thirty years of the uh, waha. Uh, and 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 if you watch the Mario World or Mario Wonder trailer, that's obviously that's not his voice in it anymore. Mm. I imagine what they'll do is rather than recast it, they'll they'll do an AI and and keep the Mario voice consistency going forward forever. Do you really think? Wow. Yeah, why not? I mean, if Martinet is on, is he's still employed by Nintendo? He'd be like an ambassador yeah. or something. He only goes woohoo. Like he, he goes and yeah. can't I just replay. Can we just reuse the old noises? Let's be honest. I, yeah. to be honest, yeah, I was kind of thinking like he hardly goes into the booth for each unique game and and does them. Does he? But I don't. Maybe he does. I don't know. <laughs> it's like in, it's, it's, what what what's the character motivation for uh, Homer saying though? Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Nintendo is an odd company. You never quite know. But uh, yeah. Uh, that is that. Uh, we'll jump into music golf this week. I actually listened to an album this week. I think I've ah! first one since like January. I've, I'm so bad for listening to new releases. I did listen to the most recent JPEG Mafia Danny Brown uh, co- uh, um, collaboration, and it was excellent. I was very very happy with it. Easily like the most kind of complete JPEG Mafia album that I've heard so far. I feel like he's. Produced a lot of really fun stuff, but this one really felt like this was like a, this felt like a big, like, great studio album, um, still with all his eccentricities, but just with a really professional sound to it. So that was great. I think if you're a fan of hip hop and 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 he's flown under your radar, I think his most recent album uh, would be worth a look. But uh, yeah, I, I got I'm going to try and listen to some more recent albums. I haven't listened to much in 2023, so I'm going to start that trend this week. Uh, what about you, boys? What have you been listening to? Mm. Well, I got a couple of uh, albums of the week. So I listened to uh, Dummy by Portishead. Uh, so Portishead, a kind of trip-hop 90s band, uh, kind of combined hip-hop with electronica with big score. I, not my kind of music necessarily, but I did quite enjoy it. Um, I feel like I should like it more because it is electronic, but it, it, it's something about it doesn't quite grab me. But it was quite a good album. And then the other one I listened to was uh, Volcano by Jungle, which is a kind of very bog standard yeah. dance track that was a dance album that came up on my Spotify algorithm. Um, I realized after a few, tra- I had no idea what the album was. I just kind of picked it at random. But then after a few tracks, I realized I, a lot of them are on my kind of regular playlist rotation. And that's why Spotify is getting me to listen to it. So I'm going to stop using the Spotify algorithm because it just gives me stuff that I've, I've sort of listened to on playlists. Um, but it was, it was fine kind of happened to have on while I was working, but yeah, not, Nothing too crazy on album of the week. Going back, however, to the live concert that I attended on Wednesday. So we saw Haim again, uh, famously last year. Saw them at the O2 yeah. Arena, uh, one of the, the best gig I've ever been to. Absolutely loved it. They brought out Taylor Swift. They, they did all the oh, amazing performance. This was the smaller venue. It was Shepherd's Bush. Um, and it, it's probably, I don't know, like a couple of thousand people, even less than that. Um, very intimate, very intense crowd. This is kind of the real like hardcore fans. And they were they basically played their album, the one that came out ten years ago. This is the anniversary of it. Uh, Days are gone. Uh, they played it start to finish. Uh, essentially, the album 
um, which was great. I, I really enjoyed hearing like a whole album being performed. Yeah. Uh, only funny thing is the first four tracks on the album are the four absolute like fucking bangers, the singles. Yeah, yeah. So they came out and did those four singles and it was amazing. And then they, then they, they did a bit of a chat and they were like, well, we really front loaded that album, didn't we? <laughs> um, so then the rest of it was kind of, you know, slightly slower songs, but I, I love that whole album. It's one of my favorites. So I enjoyed the whole thing. And they then, Funnily enough, they actually brought out their parents, who are both musicians as well. So they brought out their dad, who's a drummer, and he played drums. And they brought out the mum, who sings, and she did the lead vocals. And they did a version of Mustang Sally, which was fantastic, and the crowd loved. But I couldn't help but think of Barry from EastEnders, to be honest. Yeah. I was, when they got to the, all I'm going to do, ride, Sally, ride, having a little sing song. Um, but it was very, that was very, very good. Uh, absolutely loved loved that uh, loved that concert. They were actually supported. The opening act was uh, a young lady called Nell Mescal, um, who was an Irish artist. Uh, she was very good, kind of a poppy rock sort of sound. I was like, oh, Mescal, <laughs> probably bloody Paul Mescal's sister or something. <laughs> it, it, was, it was actually Paul Mescal. It actually sister. is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. Um, so that's cool. Good for her. So uh, yeah, really, really, really good. Really good. Can't wait for them to come back. That's me music. Yeah, I listened to a few, just a few singles. I didn't listen to an album. Go on. Uh, new Timberland single out. Ooh. Featuring Timberland stalwarts Nelly Furtado and Justin Timberlake. Mm. Oh, really? Furtado back? Furtado's back. It's called Keep Going Up. Uh, I have a little soft spot for Timberland. Oh, same. Yeah. Big time. I like a bit of Timberland. Ain't got no money. Yeah, fairly forgettable, I would say. Unfortunately, it's not not a not not one of his best. Um, Electric Six having you one out. Take me to the sugar. Uh, oh, we're really going. We're really going mid two thousands here say, with this singles. A uh, little, little bit weak, little bit weak sauce. Um, Griff, a new one out called Vertigo, which was okay. Uh, what else did I listen to? Um, Future Islands have a new one out. One of my favorite bands, Future Islands. Deep in the Night, very, very good. That's probably my favorite single of the week. Uh, is that all? Is that the all? I'm just checking my Spotify here. I think that's all I listened to. Uh, and then The Darkness put out a single, but it's not a new, not a new song. It's, uh, let me find it here. It was uh, Get Your Hands Off My Woman Again, 2004 edit version. Uh, sounds exactly like the album version, but it is censored critically, uh, which I hate when you listen to a, a song on mm. Spotify and it blanks out the naughty words. Uh, so there you is go. Is it only only the censored version? No, no. Only the censored version. There you go. Wow. <sighs> um, so go. before That's we finish, I got, I, got, I got one last one last feature before we go. How were the people sitting next to you at, at, at All In, Joe? We had some people, and Barry, although I know you were with a group, uh, people sitting behind us, uh, the worst kind of wrestling fans, oh, who no. uh, were chanting uh, the same thing oh, for minutes oh, at a time. Oh, God. Excellent chants such as... Uh, Wheeler's got a gun, got a gun. Wheeler's got a gun. Yeah. 
I, I was shocked. Did, did any of those catch on? I was shocked no, there wasn't a big... Didn't. People didn't seem to care about the gun thing by the time the show rolled around, I, right. I think. Here's a funny one as well, right? So oh, one guy God. will say, one guy will say, uh, let's go Young Bucks, and then another dweeb in a row in front will loudly go, uh, FTR. And then the first guy will say, let's go Young Bucks again. And then the second guy will go, FTR. And then finally he'll go, let's go Young Bucks again. And then there'll be no response. And then the first guy will go, and it's all gone quiet over there. Oh, like, oh, the Five times that happened. That exact same. I was going to say, did, did they do that for every person yeah. they liked in yeah. every match? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. great. That is great. And, and, and the best one of all, really fucking use, use your brain on this one. F-T. Do you want to guess what the last syllable was? Uh, gun. Correct. Correct. Oh, it's it's funny because uh, have you seen this, folks? Have you seen this? Pick up the newspaper, lady. This guy, yeah. And, I mean, it's and just, letter, just put the word R, in. Just gun. It yeah. sounds like a gun, I guess. Ft I guess. gun. Ft gun. Forever the gun. Oh, I guess it is. That's a good one. Ft uh, gun. That is. What about you, Joe? I mean, did you have any I, of that? No, I, I have to say, everyone in in our section was very very nice. Actually, I'd yeah, I had. Not really a chat, but we had a bit of banter with a few of them. There was a guy sitting next to us, just he was there on his own, but we kind of, you know, spoke to him. He was very nice. He had to keep moving out of the way to let us in and out all the time. He was yeah. very good about it. And I say he was a very lovely guy. And the people in front of us were nice. And there were some guys that you would have seen on, on camera who had like several costume changes through the night. They changes. Started out wearing the, um, uh, what's his name? Cutler, Brandon Cutler, the tracksuit, you know, the kind of leopard print print tracksuit thing. Then they stripped that off. And for the Christian match, they had like the sleeveless turtlenecks, which I thought was quite funny. What? They were wearing turtlenecks under a tracksuit. What the fuck? They put on the crocodile hunter hats for the main event. Uh, You know. I mean, I wouldn't have gone to that length, but to be yeah, fair, they were having you, fun. You weren't joining them, we'll say that. They know. were having fun. That there was, was a guy who walked past in in a full fiend outfit at one point. Oh, right. Did you Just, see, actually, there was a guy, so I, I don't know if it was the same guy you saw, but he, I, and I don't know if they were together, but I saw a guy yes. walking by with and, the and fiend, with the and the, yeah. that was great. And it was no, funny no, thing no, is, no. is because it not great it was what? super fucking annoying because what he did was he would walk a few steps and the crowd would go oh there's a guy in a fiend costume way because Bray Wyatt's dead and he would do like yeah. a bow and be like he's not Bray Wyatt oh yeah it's like, was, we are talking about the ticket I saw that I was like yeah it's a bit weird like like it's yeah I like bowing is a bit weird it's like you're you know you're not you're not his like brother or something you know it's it's <laughs> yeah but he, so yeah the two of them I did think it, like I did think it was nice that the two of them I don't I wonder were they were they with each other or do you think they just saw each other at the show I, I assume they were together but anyway um yeah my section was fine like joe said we we there were people at the edge and i'm a i'm a peer and a frequent uh, uh you know frequent peer so i had to nudge past multiple times and they were very nice but yeah no everyone everyone was was nice so paul was unlucky but uh that's my other thing but, i didn't um, pee once during the entire show what it was five hours long no I, not a single, not a single trip to, to the toilet I actually yeah. missed nearly the whole of the coffin match because I, I was about to piss myself. Jesus. I saw the entrance and I saw the finish. So that was okay. But I did have to go and piss. So I, 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 I only drank a bottle of Diet, uh, Coke Zero. And I didn't, have, I didn't have to pee into that afterwards. So. Uh, did, people are listening to this. Let's just, okay, let's wrap it up. We're talking about our piss now. Puking, We're talking about how much we pissed, yeah. Puking yeah. and pissing and shitting. And, yeah. 
Anyone anyway. ever shit at Wembley? Email me. Yeah, yeah, did you use the facilities? <laughs> I thought they were quite clean and quite nice. Yeah, I, I hear CM uh, Punk shit the bed at Wembley. Yeah. <gasps> Alrighty, we're going to wrap it up there, everyone. Uh, it's been a busy week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, um, we will be back to talk about All Out next week. And uh, yeah, if you want to reach out, chairshoppodcast.com. There is an email us form. Uh, so in the meantime, we will say thank you and we will say farewell. It's farewell from me, Barry. It's farewell from Joe. Farewell. Is farewell from Paul. Farewell. <laughs> <laughs>